You are about to opt in to Monerotopia, a show for the Monero community where all are welcome to join. From noob to maxi, no matter what bags you hold. Just sit back and relax to the sweet sounds of Monero's latest progress. Or if you're feeling inspired, join us on stage. Remember, the only thing that can stop Monero is a false belief that it can be stopped. And if you want to win the revolution faster, we recommend you remove your XMR from all custodial exchanges immediately. Warning, boating accidents are common around here. Don't forget to properly secure your private keys. Monerotopia starts now. Alrighty, good morning, good morning. Good morning. Hey, hey. How you guys, how you guys doing? You, got, you guys seem very calm and tranquil today. Hmm. Maybe... Maybe it's just me. I'm not calm and tranquil every day. <laughs> I, I guess like you are. Day. Yeah, you're, you're pretty. You're pretty even keeled. Like I gotta give you that, buddy. It's well, buddy understands, so he doesn't have to worry. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh, it's a big, big week, though, right? I mean, yeah. definitely in terms of, in terms of price. Yeah, I mean, we're basically there. back to all time highs now. Almost, I say we. I don't really include myself too much in the we on Bitcoin, but. Things are approaching all-time highs yet again. That's nice. And I recall, the, I don't think you were expecting the uh, the BT dominance to, to be like it is now. Um, I wasn't expecting it to, to stay above 50%. It's kind of hovering there, like just a little bit above 50%. Um, I am still expecting an altcoin run to happen, although um, there, there maybe should be muted expectations in that regard. We'll, we'll talk more about that a little bit later here. Yeah, we'll get into all that. We got um, Ragnar, who's going to be jumping on as a special guest to tell us about the Finney Forum, which is coming up. And I think today, so today we're going to do, we're going to start with price or we're going to do news first? If Tony wants to go first, by all means, um, he can hop up here. But um, uh, yeah, I don't think, I think Tony's here. Just... Yeah, let's, let's, let's start, let's start with the price. Let's keep it uh, traditional and hopefully okay. he'll, uh, it'll work out. All right, guys, let's get into that. The Monerotopia Price Report segment is sponsored by Local Monero. Avoid using KYC exchanges. Buy and sell Monero directly for fiat, peer-to-peer. Um, I didn't exactly mean to start on the screen, but uh, hey, why not? Uh, purple is crypto. Um, that's crypto, not just Bitcoin. And these are Z-scores. I believe this is the 365. Yeah, this is a 365-day Z-score for cryptocurrency. So basically, you take the last 365 days, you calculate the moving average and you calculate the standard deviation. Um, and then you divide, um, you divide how far you are above the moving average, above or below by the standard deviation. So it tells you how many standard deviations are you away from the average. So one standard deviation, um, includes, so on the, that center point there, you see the gray line, that's zero. Um, if you go one standard deviation down and one standard deviation up, that includes 66% of all data. If you go two standard deviations up or down, that includes 95%. Um, and then three standard deviations is like 99%. So um, at this moment, in terms of um, the last 365 days, crypto is um, is basically at three standard deviations. So we have not had price performance to the top side in general for the total crypto market cap. Um, we're in like the one percentile here. We're like at the very, very top. You'll notice that um, effectively... We are very close to previous bull markets. Now, you might say, okay, well, 365 days is a little bit arbitrary. Um, maybe we could go 730 days, right? So two years approximately, almost exactly. 
So if we do that, you'll notice we're still a little bit um, lower than than previous um, previous all time high bull markets, previous blow off tops. Um, you know that's um, so again, it is a little bit arbitrary which timeline you want to select for, but uh, at any way you slice it, crypto is performing right now at, at a very kind of like out of trend area, like it's very very high. Um, so uh, we we kind of started here with the Z scores. I didn't really quite intend to start there, um, but hey, you know why not? As long as we're here, let's go ahead and take a look at um, let's take a look at stocks as well. Um, particularly, this is the uh, I think it's the Nasdaq. Oh, hang on, let me check what. It, uh, yeah, that's the Nasdaq. Uh, so blue is Nasdaq, and um, I mean you'll notice that stocks just tend to perform to the top side on Z scores, anyways, which is kind of weird. <laughs> You're like, how can you all? You should be centered about zero, um, but they just manage to keep pushing stocks up all the time. So stocks are basically always above the moving average. Um, not always, but they tend to be. So this was the bull, uh, the bear market recently. Um, as long as we're here on the screen, let's go ahead and quickly cover macro. Um, I don't think it's necessarily a good idea to talk about crypto and, and the overall markets here without having the backdrop of macro. It makes sense to do that. So um, right here, we're looking at Dixie. Nothing special on this chart. We're basically trending sideways. Touch the upper standard deviations there. Um, so nothing special to look at in, in terms of Dixie. In terms of the reverse repos, we had another big sell-off, right? We basically went from... Um, Five and a half trillion, or sorry, uh, uh, five, $550 billion, um, and now sitting about $440 billion. So, um, yeah, on Friday, a bunch of money came out, reverse repos. Again, <clears throat> this is, um, this is effectively cash that can, that can leave sort of like a place of safety being parked overnight with the Federal Reserve, getting the overnight federal funds rate effectively. Um, and so as that money comes out, that's basically risk on, right? This, these are people moving this money into places that they think will make them higher yield um, and and have like a better risk adjusted return uh, for their firms or for whatever their company or corporation is, um, their investment firms, whatever, all of the institutional players that keep their money here in the reverse repos. This, once we start getting down to the zero point, that's when we start saying, hey, this run is potentially looking at being over, right? Like we need to, that's where you want to start saying, okay, let's protect our bags. I know I've been saying for months now, I've been saying, hey, I'm looking for exits. I'm looking for exits and I'm still looking for exits. I haven't sold anything um, because it's kind of like uh, maybe we'll talk about talk about this a little bit more later. But, um, you know, this is what I mean when I say, OK, tentatively, this is what I'm, I'm looking at here coming into the future. Um, but as we get closer, we have to play it by ear. Right. You always have to adjust in, in real time. And continuing to look at these markets week by week, I look at them and I say, why am I going to sell here? That doesn't make sense. Stay in the market. Stay in the market. Um, but I couldn't, I couldn't chase, like I was unable to get myself to chase these markets higher, even though I have plenty of capital sitting on the side, um, in case things crash, right? Like I've kind of been hoping for a nice big fat crash and I could just scoop up some, some cheap prices. Um, but I'm, I'm comfortable with that, right? Like that's, that's a decision that I make. Um, that's my trading style. I don't chase markets. I get in at the bottom. I sell the top. Um, that works for me. Um, but there's a lot of other trading styles that can work for people. So, um, we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about that later. So anyways, um, yeah, the point on this chart, the reverse repos are still coming to the downside. It still looks like there's juice to squeeze. There's still upside here, um, to be had. So in that same vein, we can also look at, um, we're going to look at the global liquidity situation. Let me, this is the NASDAQ also that we're looking at. So one thing you'll notice here on the NASDAQ, it just put on another all time high. Um, but they made it, I don't know why they changed this on TradingView, but they made it difficult to find, I can never remember where this button is. There's a place to um, hide, there we go. There's a place to hide the uh, the NASDAQ because we don't really care about that. We don't want to look at that. Let's also hide the indicators. Okay, there we go. The white line is global liquidity. The green line is US liquidity, right? And so this is 
this is basically a um this is all of the M2 money supply across. So in the white line case, the global liquidity, this is the M2 money supply across all the different major currencies that matter accounting for like, and so this script I put, I think like 99% of the, of the currency market cap, right? So effectively all of the M2 SL, which includes cash checking savings, um, and time deposits of less than a year. So like if you've got a money market account, where um, your deposit maturity length or CD where your maturity length is less than one year, that's all wrapped up into what they call M2 money supply. So um, effectively, uh, the white line includes all the M2 money supply and the central bank balance sheets, right? Because as central banks expand their balance sheet, that's money that that goes into the various economies. So right now we're, we're effectively looking at um, flat global liquidity. It, this is also a delayed chart. You have to understand this is delayed by at least a month or two. Um, because it takes time for them to report the M2 money supply, which is actually really annoying. Um, it would be much better if we could see that in real time. I'm sure there's probably reasons why they don't like to report that. I'm sure they have a good excuse why they don't report it in real time. Anyways, um, you'll notice that, again, we've talked about this chart for a while. Uh, U.S. Federal Reserve liquidity, or sorry, U.S. total liquidity is coming up. Um, into the U.S. total liquidity is wrapped up uh, the reverse repos, um, the other chart we were looking at. As reverse repos go up, the liquidity goes down because that's that's basically liquidity coming off of the market. That's just general cash coming out of the general economy, getting locked up into uh, into those reverse repos. And then when money comes out of the reverse repos, that money can go somewhere else. It can be, it, it will seek a home. It will seek a place to go. So um, it's it's inverse to, to this liquidity. Anyway, so things are basically flat on the liquidity situation there, um, but they could be going up uh, de depending on what's happening with the M2 money supply right now that we won't know for the next two months until they finally report the, the data. Um, okay, but anyways, macro situation just overall looks like there's still juice to squeeze here. Uh, I really, really, really headline the um, the reverse repos. That's, that's so important. That basically told us that the bear market was incipient um, as that, as that was coming to the upside here, um, back in 2021. Uh, okay. And then last we'll look at gold, uh, turn back all of our pleb lines, which are magical and special and sort of tell you stuff. <laughs> I know it looks dirty. It's, uh, what are you going to do though? Hey, I mean, these are, this is the weekly chart. So some of these lines look a little bit dirty, but, um, just, you know, ignore the, those lines. The headliner stuff that we're looking at here is that big triangle that we've been looking at since forever. And we'll be looking at probably for a long time until it breaks. Maybe this thing breaks now. Like gold, it feels like gold has some catching up to do in my mind. A lot of the markets have just really, really pumped. Um, okay. Yeah, like gold did pump first. Gold pumped early. Um, you know, coming in, coming from the bottom here last year, pumped up pretty good. Uh, at least for gold, you know, like 27% is a pretty significant move for gold. Um, you know, it's still kind of consolidating here. I mean, it's on the top side, right? This is bullish. This looks bullish for gold. Um, but all the gold bugs are sitting here waiting and watching the rest of the markets pass them by. NASDAQ is just continuing to, to pump out gains. So, um, my suspicion here on the way that they like to play these, um, the way that they like to play gold, the way they like to suppress it, like they, they like to do stuff. Um, I'm going to have to imagine that when gold is finally, finally going to get ready to break out of this triangle, that's probably when the market's going to crash, right? Everyone's going to be like, Hey, gold looks like it's great. It might even pop up here to the upside for a minute. And then all of the markets crash together and then they'll buy themselves some more time for this chart pattern to keep, uh, to keep wiggling around before, before it finally breaks out. That's just how they play it, right? That's what they do with assets that they hate, that they despise. They do it to gold. They do it to Monero. So, um, again, like, it's a long-term play. Gold is a way of like storing value, of keeping your value, with the occasional opportunity that it could that it could smash to the upside. Um, but that doesn't necessarily mean it's going to happen anytime soon. Again, we've talked about for months, really for a year. This chart is a very long-term chart, right? It doesn't actually come to a real head here until 2025. 
and maybe even 2026 if you really wanted to draw it as as big as you possibly could. Usually these kind of um, rising triangles, um, they don't they don't typically wait until the last second to pop. They'll they'll usually pop early. Um, so probably 2025, you know, maybe. Um, I guess I guess we'll just wait and see. Uh, nothing nothing happened with bonds. Still flat, right? We'll just skip over this chart. Still inverted, but um, trending sideways. Bond market's stable. Um, and that's important, right? When bonds are stable, that has the opportunity for risk assets to pump. You don't want bonds pumping massively. You don't want them crashing a bunch. You just want them stable. And that's where they're at for, for the meantime. Um, quickly again, just, uh, boring fucking, <laughs> boring, um, NASDAQ and, and, uh, stock stuff. The S&P put on new all time highs on Friday, as did the NASDAQ, um, new all time highs. As we've talked about, we are looking particularly to get we are looking for stocks to make these purple bands to the upside here, right? We're looking for price to get into this into this range right there. Um, and overall, like this will form a channel that gives stocks like the ability to keep rising. Um, with again, with some washouts here, right? Like you come, imagine we come to the top side, um, stocks make it up here and then, and then the S and P crashes like 13%, right? Or hell, maybe it even crashes like 20%. Um, that could happen, right? Like on some kind of like risk off, um, tail risk event demand destroying event, whatever, however you want to call it, there could be some like random bullshit that happens. And then they come in, they intervene, they rescue the markets, right? You could see a 20% crash. Um, that's, that wouldn't be out of the question. I, I would love to see it. Actually, I would, I would love to see a big crash on the markets. Um, but even a 20% crash, oops, sorry. Uh, even a 20% crash on the S and P let's go to the week. We have more context. Yeah. I mean, even a 20% crash from somewhere around this area, uh, down to like, right around there, right? Like that that's still nothing. Like that's still okay, that's not quite as high as as the bull market left off at 2021, but when and they do this, I think that this is a new strategy that they learned with COVID. Um they'll pump the markets up before the major crash so that like the bottom of the crash really isn't that bad. Like this bottom here during the mm, March 2020 events was just only slightly lower than that previous crash that happened in 2019 or was it at the end of 2018. So it's like they often before a major crash will irrationally pump the markets above like really the levels where they should be. Um, and that might be what we're looking at here. I don't want to like necessarily call a crash that the signs are there, the inversion of the yield curve, et cetera, it's all there, but you know, it, when is that going to happen? I don't know. Well, it's, it's there, the potential for it exists, but we just haven't seen the signs that it's in progress or, or that it's about to start. So, um, that that's the macro backdrop that we're looking at. Um, <clears throat> just a couple more things here. We got finally, finally got new numbers for the M2SL as of January 1st, right? So we're delayed by two months here. Um, the M2SL hasn't climbed up at all. Um, it may have climbed up the past two months. Um, let's see, unemployment, no, nothing here is, is interesting. Okay, so uh, that's the macro. That's our backdrop. That's what we're looking at. Like, it looks like there's liquidity, you know, summary here. It looks like there's liquidity. There's still reverse repos. Bonds are stable. Like, everything still says up. Like, the direction still says, hey, pumps can happen. Um, crypto's, you know, gone quite far. It maybe needs to take a little consolidation here. We'll see. We'll talk about that in a minute. Um, but overall, like the big, the big picture macro, it says up. There's liquidity in the markets. There's, there's, um, there's juice to squeeze. So, uh, like well, I said, I'm looking for exits, but I'm not exiting just yet. What's up? Well, what, what do you think that the story is right now with Bitcoin as to, as to why it's going up? I mean, other than, other than the charts, um, what do you think the, the reasoning is behind it. Yes, yeah, so, I mean, it, it's, you know, that's the happening, the ETF, or is it as simply, you know, the, the, the broader markets going up and so, and so is, so is Bitcoin. It's all of the above. Um, you know, one thing that, um, 
maybe was lost on me for for a quick minute there when the ETF was released is that this ETF is different. Um, like when they released the la- so to answer your question, that's all of the above, right? Everything like you got the narratives, you've got the plebs, everyone's excited about Bitcoin. You've got the ETF. Now you've got normies that can um, they can buy Bitcoin on the stock market. They could have bought it before, but it wasn't the same thing. Buying Grayscale, which has the, have this like weird divergence of their net asset value to the actual traded price, like that 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 didn't feel natural, and it wasn't like completely, fully, wholly sanctified and blessed. And then the futures ETF that got released in 2021 was a derivative product, not a spot tracking of the Bitcoin price. And there was also very high fees with that ETF. Um, I I think they personally milked this shit for all they could. Like, I think they milked the ETF, and this entire saga was probably pre-planned. Um, Gary Gensler was probably in on it from the very fucking beginning um, to uh, to 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 the like slow as slowly as possible with as much hype as possible integrate bitcoin into the stock market. Gensler was positive crypto before he got into the SEC. He's just playing a role, guys. He's not he's not anti-crypto. He's just like positive make as much money as I can on the inside um while approving shit. Um that's that's probably I mean that's my 90% thesis on what this dude is and and what's going on here. Okay, so the this ETF is different. This ETF is different because it is literally the spot price of bitcoin. They 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 are forced to buy and sell bitcoin um, depending on the demand that they're experiencing. So you got like 10 different ETF products. They're all spot products. As as people buy Bitcoin or as people buy these ETFs, those ETFs have to hold the Bitcoin that is being bought, right? That's why the custodian is Coinbase. I think for the most of them, it's, it's Coinbase. So as people are buying Bitcoin on the stock or buying the ETFs on the stock market, that's real buying pressure that happens in in the actual Bitcoin exchange market, right? And the actual real spot Bitcoin market is represented there. Um, more or less, I mean, are there shenanigans going on behind the background? Probably my guess is right now they want to look clean. They're not going to, they're not going to be doing like their little fraud, um, fractional reserve bullshit. They're not going to do that right out the gate. Like that wouldn't make any sense for them. They need to make it look like they're running, you know, completely honest above board, right? Like anyone that investigates any, anyone looking under the, under your fingernails here, isn't going to find anything. We're totally clean. Um, do they do they have proof of funds at Coinbase? I think so. I don't remember if they were one of those guys that did it, but I mean, you can bet your bottom dollar that on the regulator side of things here, they're they're they have the they have the Bitcoin. They're saying they're not fractionally mm-hmm. reserving Bitcoin with these ETFs right now. Maybe in the future they'll do it. I don't know, but I can't see any reason why they would want to do that. They love Bitcoin, like they love the surveillance. They love the fact that that it's not scalable. That their scaling plans have failed utterly failed for seven years. They love the fact that it's total distraction from actual digital freedom money. They want to keep the price up. They want to keep you distracted. So why would they fractionally reserve it? No, no. They're pumping the price. They're leveraging up the price. Um, whether Coinbase, I, I haven't checked that. Um, mm-hmm. My guess is they've got something, but uh, I mean, I don't know. They, they've at le- they, they, at least by law, <laughs> technically they're required to hold the Bitcoin on behalf of those ETFs. And you have to think if you're one of these 10 big ETFs, are you really going to keep your, your, your ETF funds and Coinbase, who who doesn't actually have those funds? Like, there's, I mean, Coinbase is like one of the most, you know, integrated, blessed, holy exchanges, you know, regulated exchanges and on the planet. So I just have to believe that at least for now, um, they've got to be, they're, it's very, very likely that they're honest about the Bitcoin that they have um, for, for these ETFs holding on behalf of the ETFs. Um, I mean, uh, do you, th- you think we get to some kind of point where the, uh, Bitcoin creates uh, systemic risk throughout the entire economy because there's just, uh, you know, so many people starting to kind of rely on it? Mm, no, uh, not in a not in a real sense. Um, like 
it might get blamed for systemic risk, but I don't really see I don't really see how that could happen at the moment. Um, I mean, of course, like all kinds of fraud and shenanigans, you know, can develop um, over the course of years, and perhaps some kind of um, usually the thing that creates systemic risk for the economy is leverage, <laughs> is excessive mm-hmm. print of, printing of money and leverage um, of uh, of have having misvalued assets, um, overvalued assets that are that use other assets as collateral and insurance. That but the, but the, the other thing too is like, like Bitcoin is just, is really just pure speculation, you know? So it, it's, I mean, it's not built on the utility of Bitcoin is store of value. So it, it's, it's really not resting on it. It's like, it's kind of a house of cards in that respect, in my opinion. Well, um, I mean, because we would it's say lacking that, that base so- utility. We would, we would like to say that about a lot of things that like a lot of stuff is built on house of cards, but it just seems to keep going. So, um, like the price, I, as long as enough people believe it and enough of the inside cabal and power structure wants, wants it and wants to keep it propped up, like it's going to stay there. It's, it's, um, you know, it might have like it, it's hard to say that it doesn't have some kind of store value properties. Store value would more appropriately mean that you're not going to suffer 70% losses over the course of six months. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, it's, it's volatile. It's a speculative asset. That's what it is. Bitcoin facilitates speculative value gains that far exceed inflation, um, that, that even exceed the stock market. That's what its use case is. It's, it's not even store value. Store value is just a, a way to, to hide the degeneracy of what's actually going on there. Um, sto- like gold is a store of value. It's, it's hard, like, that's a, that's a loose term, you know, like everything has volatility, but, um, I mean, 5% yielding bonds, you know, you could call that a store of value, I guess, um, because they're stable, right? They're very stable. They're going to be worth about what you put into them. They're some of the most stable assets on the planet. Um, I mean, it's like, there are aspects of Bitcoin that are store of value, but let's be real. It's, it's, it's more about the speculation. Uh, everyone that says that, they're they're, those they're all talking about hyper bitcoinization they're all talking about million dollar bitcoin and and that hundred trillion dollar valuation is is bearish right like it's just i I don't know it's just just money in this stuff was that only so much money can go into it yeah i mean it could only only double so many more times right like that's exactly like people are people are aping into it thinking they're they're gonna make you know big gains i mean it's at some point you just it's too big to grow well, you know, being honest, um, Bitcoin has made some pretty big gains here. Uh, oh yeah, for sure. I mean, they, they've definitely, it's, it's definitely served its purpose for that, uh, you know, for that number go up use case. It's been one of the better coins, right? Let's check out the dominance here real quick. You know, Bitcoin dominance, um, as you mentioned, Tux, you know, like still kind of hanging out here at, at pretty decent, pretty reasonably high levels. Um, at this point, I'm not, I'm not really sure if we should expect necessarily this, this will go down. Okay, so let's, let's talk a little bit more about this ETF um, and about altcoins. Um, so as we said, this ETF is different than the other financial inclusion products, like when the Chicago Mercantile Exchange in 2017, December 17, 2017, um, added it, added Bitcoin futures. Those futures are settled in cash, U.S. dollars, not Bitcoin. The first ETFs in 2021 were a derivative product on the basis of the futures product, but did not settle real Bitcoin. This is the first time that a real inclusion in the financial market um, is required to buy real Bitcoin on the open market, on the spot market. So, like, you do have, you definitely have normies coming in here, um, mom and pops, everyone buying this ETF. Everyone's talking about it. You can see anecdotally people are talking about it. I still question, like, I know this crypto cabal. I know how they operate. I still question 
how much of these inflow volumes are real legitimate volume and how much is just wash trading, right? How much is, um, is just the crypto cabal buying ETF, um, and just like wash trading there, you know, to try and like simulate volume. That's, that's how they operate. That's how they've done things the entire time. Um, and they seem to operate fairly with a significant amount of impunity, even on the, the highly regulated exchanges. So I think that some component of this volume that has been coming into the ETFs is probably just wash trading, but, um, there is a significant component that is real. Otherwise the price couldn't have gone up the way that it did. Um, like they front run the price when like small amounts of real buying cause outsized, um, movements of the price. And that's, that's basically a front running mechanism. It's also, um, a distribution mechanism. So, um, Bitcoin has a heavily centralized supply. It's held by like a pretty small cabal. Like no matter what the maximalists want to say, like the supply of Bitcoin is extremely centralized. And these guys have a lot of Bitcoin that they want to distribute onto the world. And, um, and they're doing a good job of it. They're, <laughs> they really are. Um, they want to distribute at the highest prices. So because Bitcoin has this ETF and is able to absorb all these funds, um, that really puts a lot of focus on Bitcoin, which is why, you know, the dominance is, has maintained, uh, just above 50% here. However, um, it's also a clear thing to me that the crypto ecosystem has a certain amount of cash. Um, the, uh, the, the crypto ecosystem has like a certain amount of cash that's involved in it, um, wrapped up into it. And that's why like crypto prices go up and down together is because there's a certain amount of cash, like real U.S. dollars in the system. Uh, and that cash can be used to leverage up the price and, and can be used at certain levels to support the price. So, um, yeah, I mean, there is cash coming into the system. Ultimately, that cash goes onto the exchanges to represent the buying that's happening on the ETF. So that is cash that could be used to pump altcoins here at some point. Um, so I'm not really decided on whether we get a massive, massive alt run. We should still continue to get an alt run. Some of these coins are performing pretty well. Um, they're basically like at this moment, um, a lot of them are kind of at parity with Bitcoin in terms of where they came from the bottom, like when they bottomed in the markets and, and at the top, they're either at parity, a little below, a little below, uh, a little above, just depends. Um, let's see here. I'm no BTC maxi, but the last comment feels like coping. Bro, listen. <laughs> last no segment. Coping. Yeah, I don't, know what he's, I don't know what he's talking about. I don't know what he's even, yeah, I'm not. Yeah. What like, do you think he's referring not, to there? We're not like, I don't know. I'm not quite sure what anything I've said here is cope. It's like, hmm. I've been saying for months, the direction is up. So the, like, here, here's the thing too. Like, um, this is, this is good. In my opinion, I mean, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm pretty sure you share this opinion, buddy. Uh, this is, this is good for Monero. I mean, this is where Monero is ultimately going to be getting its liquidity from. It's like the, the trunk of the tree is growing and we're, and you know, we're one of the branch, one of the main branches off of it. Uh, and this is, this is how we get value into Monero. It's going to mostly come from Bitcoin. Yeah. Uh, I, I can only like half agree with that statement because the other half is that where's the liquidity coming from right now? It's coming from the stock market, right? That, that's not people, that's not mom and dad and regular people normies buying cryptocurrency and holding yeah but the but the the normie the people that already have bitcoin their their value in bitcoin is going up right and they're 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 further understanding the value proposition of crypto itself they're realizing they might want to hedge you know and, and store something that's more unconfiscatable um and what did they do they move a little bitcoin into monero i don't know that's that would be my overall uh bullish thesis on why Every Monero user should be happy about Bitcoin going up and working as a as a number go up coin because you know we're we're getting cut off from the traditional exchanges right there's the, eventually there will be no centralized exchange that you could buy Monero with with fiat so it's the value is going to come from other cryptos into Monero in a in a very very broad sense and like the changing of um, 
the philosophy of a generation or, or of the world, yes, um, more people are saying, okay, you know, this Bitcoin thingy, this idea of a shared distributed ledger, this makes sense. Okay, I, I get it. Yeah, you know what? There's a lot of printing going on. Uh, maybe we should like have a monetary system that uh, that doesn't involve printing or at least has a known issuance, a known supply schedule issuance. Um, yeah, in a broad sense, it is changing like the fabric of society. The, the minds of people are saying, uh, okay, you know, I guess it's legitimate. A lot of the no coiners, the haters over the years are, they're being forced to reevaluate their own shit because now that they either have to admit that their government is, um, <laughs> that their government is fraudulent by putting Bitcoin into the, into the main financial system. Um, and making really bad decisions, or they have to say, oh, well, maybe Bitcoin is, uh, you know, maybe it is legitimate, right? Um, so yeah, in a, in a big broad sense, yes, like people are coming around to that idea that, okay, maybe we could do money a different way and that will have positive effects for Monero. In terms of the short term, like, what does this do for Monero adoption today? I'm not quite sure how much it, I think the Binance deal listing probably did more for Monero adoption in terms of like just mentally like street cred, um, than, yeah, than yeah, what Bitcoin yeah. is doing here. Um, but in the long term sense, yeah, I would I would totally agree with you in, in that case. I mean, just um, just an anecdotal story. I was talking to a guy the other day, very very wealthy individual, older gentleman. Um, he might even be like his his late mid to late seventies, um, and he's been an investor for he's he's a doctor who uh, also you know kind of kind of learned investing at an early age and um, got his uh, trading license or whatever and so in addition to being a doctor he, he tr- he's been trading his whole life and he's, he's made a lot of money um, he's you know very very aware of Bitcoin very interested in Bitcoin and um, I think he's you know he probably bought some of the ETF and I, I told him about Monero. He had he had heard the name, but didn't really know much about it. And I exp- you know explained the value proposition, and he was like, "Wow, yeah." He's like, "I thought that's what I thought." Literally, basically saying, "I thought that's what Bitcoin was." Um, and it got to the point. He's like, "Well, how, how do I get some? You know, I want to I want to you know buy a nice chunk of Monero." And that's when you realize there's, there is no easy, you know, there's no easy way to ape into Monero in a big way. Um, you know, Kraken, but we're, we're in New York. So I mean, there, there's New York financial capital of the world. It's, there's, there's no easy way for people here to be like, I'm going to throw a hundred grand into Monero. I'm going to throw a million dollars into Monero. Um, and that way I think is going to eventually become through other, other cryptos because, I just I just don't see it happening in the other direction, right? Yeah, um, yeah, it is it is pretty unfortunate that um, that things have developed that way. It, it does slow the progress of people into Monero. Um, there's no doubt about that. Let me ask uh, you what actually, would, what would you tell somebody like uh, a person who's looking to uh, invest in Monero? Right? We, we we usually don't talk about it in those terms, right? We talk about using it, but the fact is, people see people see utility in it. They're understanding it. Uh, they might want to buy a chunk, a chunk of Monero. What would, what's your like general advice to people that want to put like a hundred thousand dollars, a million dollars into Monero? Like, what would you tell somebody who wanted to do that in the easiest way possible for like a noob? Um, uh, obviously, I would say Kraken, but if you're in New York, you've got to jump through some other hoops. Like, if you want to drop a million dollars and of your, let's suppose your, you know, high net worth doctor, you know, sixty years old, something like that, you want to drop a million dollars into Monero. I mean, Kraken is the way to do it. You get on their OTC desk. I say, hey, I want to drop a million into Monero, whatever. Um, you take a lot of precautions. You, you probably hire someone. Like at that level, you hire somebody to make sure that you've got your security set up well to like review your stuff. 
Um, maybe you even do, um, uh, I don't know, you probably involve your lawyer in that as well. Um, 100,000 isn't, isn't quite as big a deal, right? Um, for 100,000, you could slowly acquire that on local Monero. Um, I mean, I, I would give you options, right? Like my, my advice to someone wanting to do that would be to give them options and really first ask them questions. What's their technical competency? Like what's their age? What's their, um, what's their, uh, yeah, what's their like, f- f- figure somebody that's like, you know, doing online trading, using Robin hood, whatever they're using, uh, Charles Schwab. They're used to those things. They know how to go online. They have their bank account connected to their Charles Schwab and they're buying stocks. That, that archetype of person, which I think is the average kind of investor these days, how does that it's... person who has sitting on a portfolio of $10 million says, you know what? I'll buy, I'll buy 500k of Monero right now, but there's um, no, yeah, I mean, right now, there's no, there's no hit the button, you know? It's like, yeah. it's, it's, it's a big, it's always been, it's always been an issue with Monero that time, you know, during the, the 2017, 2018 time, that probably was the easiest time to get Monero. It was on Poloniex. It was on big exchanges, you know, big, the big exchanges of the day. Uh, and then there were, there were a lot of other, you know, kind of KYC free exchanges at that time. They haven't been cracked down on yet. Um, but now it's, it, you know, it's, it's even harder to kind of ape into Monero, which we're all aware of. And we, we, we talk about the benefits of, uh, it's allowing Monero to, to grow out in the wild. Um, but the reality is, I don't know. I feel like we we need some solutions there. I don't know. I don't know what to tell people right now, bro. There's no like this is a problem that's plagued cryptocurrency since forever. If you want to actually use it in a sovereign way, there is no smash a button. There is no custodian that you make an account and uh, you know you just sign up. No, but I mean Monero like, on Coinbase. You have to manage is, your private is, keys. There's like no other. There's no other way. I'm, I'm talking about smash a button for obtaining, right? Like we, we, we talk about how it's not, it, obviously local Monero is the ideal way to obtain. You do it with cash, whatever. Um, but I see value in people being able, personally, I see value in people being able to buy it on centralized exchanges. Um, I know we like Binance. Yeah. It probably was doing more harm than good, but something like a Coinbase, if people could hit the, you know, the ape in button and buy a hundred grand worth of Monero and then learn to take it off the exchange. I think I I personally think that that's a great thing, great for adoption. Yeah, I mean, there's a, um, and, a and it's better than buying any other crypto on a centralized exchange. At least you're buying Monero and you're pulling cash out of a bank account. You know, at the end of the day, when you pull it off the exchange. Yeah, I mean, you know, what are you going to do, right? <laughs> you live in New York, uh, you're you're going to have a harder time getting into much know that about it. Yep, yep. I just feel like I don't know. There's not enough conversation around those things, and I and I also feel like maybe kind of the Monero community assumes that's just the way it needs to be. But may, maybe there's obviously Cake is is always working on things in this direction, and they've they've come a really long way. I mean, Cake is pretty impressive at this point. You can tell people just download Cake, uh, and they could effectively figure out how to obtain Monero from that. But uh, I mean, Tux, correct me if we're wrong, though. We're, we're not at the point where you could easily, I think maybe in Europe, right, you could connect your bank account and essentially purchase Monero. Are there? Yeah, so uh, people who are in the, the European economic regions are blessed because they have this, this nice service called DFX, and they let you buy up to 990 euros of Monero or any other crypto on their platform. KYC free uh, uh, every KYC 24 hours. KYC free. Yeah, KYC. Now, you have to use a bank account, and some people will argue, oh, that's KYC. Well, technically, it's right. not. KYC is a 
a bank process. It's a it's a process where they have to take your information, like ID with selfie and stuff. You don't have to do that. You don't have to do that. What are the fees? What are the fees? What are the fees? Um, I don't know, but I don't believe they're very high. Um, maybe it's like like one percent, two percent, something like that. So one of the one of the cheaper ways to obtain yeah DFX profession. is a great option, and I've heard from several people who live in those areas and use it. They're like, yeah, it's pretty great. Um, so hmm. now, do you do you guys see that potentially growing in terms of jurisdiction? That uh, DFX, yeah, DFX, or yeah, or just in general, like Cake figuring out other partners to partner up with, where they you'd have that same same uh, effect elsewhere, or is, you think it's just I mean be potentially kind of to your... um, DFX initially. Um, I think they want it to be like integrated. Like they, they contacted Cake to be integrated, but Vic made them add Monero before he would let them uh, be part of Cake Wallet. So, um, mm, okay, which is which is cool because uh, they didn't have Monero before. Um, other, I mean, maybe it'll expand to other places. Maybe there'll be other ones. For some reason, and I don't, I don't know exactly why. U.S. companies, and I think some of this is due to like the whole all the regulatory stuff going on with crypto. U.S. companies are like afraid like even though they could if they want to they they don't they don't host privacy coins anymore right the only one is kraken in the u.s and then in order to mm-hmm. even withdraw from kraken it's full kyc mm-hmm. so the u.s i don't see anything like that coming in. yeah you you've never been able to obtain monero in new york via bank account by a centralized exchange never with crypto oh like is... never ever like not even like five years ago no, never, ever. It's never wow. been listed on any exchange that that's accessible by New York. Um, you know, even Poloni- Poloniex wasn't uh, accessible by 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 New York. That's crazy. Um, yeah, you know, it's crazy. I mean, it's it, it definitely played a very large role in keeping uh, liquidity out of an era. I believe. I believe. Yeah, on that, that, that's a better way to put it. It's KYC yeah. light, not KYC free. If yeah. you do, if you do, I mean, that's a lot though, 900. So could, could somebody like, could that, could that be a, a way like, you know, this is, this isn't uh, advice to anybody to do it, but like open a bank account in Europe and like you transfer money to it and then you can, with that bank account, start buying, buying Monero. Uh, I mean, I, I don't know what goes into overseas <laughs> bank account in a European country. I, I don't know. I don't, that think that that, I don't think it's that hard or say, crazy to do. Uh, yeah. I don't if think you that, can do that, that, then maybe that's that maybe that's totally a way to do it. Uh, that's definitely not the normie easy way, though. Just hey, open the app, connect your bank account. Yeah, oh, sorry, you got to set one. No, up no, <laughs> halfway around the world. Yeah. yeah. All right, buddy. What else? What else you got, man? I got a lot of stuff, man. <laughs> I slowed you down. I'm sorry. I, I had some questions today. Listen, if you're if you're a high net worth individual in New York and you want to purchase Monero, what you need to do is. Um, Honestly, the, the only way I can really think to do this, you need to take your um, 401k or your um, your Roth IRA, and you need to take control of that, right? You need to either create the corporation or, or hire a corporation that does those management of funds because you need like a separate shell company entity to hold those funds for you and incorporate it in a jurisdiction that can get onto Kraken, right? You'll you'll need mm-hmm. some help, but this is a very common thing that people do. People do this all the time, right? They, they take control of their IRA. Um, they do the, uh, you know, they do the extra corporate entity, um, incorporated in a jurisdiction that has Kraken and then wire the funds and, and then buy, buy Monero that way and like slowly plus up that mm-hmm. way. Obviously, in that case, you're limited to how much you can buy every year. Um, I don't remember what those limits are. They're actually not that high, but, um, that is one way, right? That you could probably, cause now it's that, that legal entity that's holding those funds on your behalf is the entity that's actually buying them. Um, it might be the case that you could transfer maybe. Um, so once you transfer those funds to the entity, you might be able to roll those funds 
Um, like you might have a bunch of stocks, right? Maybe you've got like 5 million in stocks or something. Um, and you're going to transfer a lot of that that's in your Roth IRA currently, right? You could, you could sell those stocks and then buy Monero, right? You're just like transferring out of, out of those stocks into Monero and then rebuy those stocks in some other, like in some other um, account that you might have, like to, to keep that balance the same while plussing up your Monero stash. That's, that's probably what I would recommend. Um, you know, I obviously wouldn't be the guy to like tell you exactly how to do that, but there's like, that's a common thing to do. People have done the Bitcoin Roth IRA for a long time now. So it's just a matter of doing it with Monero this time. That's really like for a high net worth individual, that's probably what I'd recommend. I like this. <laughs> Getting lots of Monero is easy. Step one, go to Columbia, buy lots of cocaine. Step two, pay CIA stooge to fly to Meta, Arkansas. Step three, pay off the Clinton mafia to let you land. <laughs> All right. That is one way. That's probably the easiest way. That's one way to commit suicide on accident, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, let's see here. Let me look at my notes. What do we got going on? Okay, today we're gonna look at the regression analysis. Also, I got a lot of requests for that. Um, yeah, we're we're gonna let's talk about Monero because I'm sure that people want to hear about Monero. There's yes. obviously there's not too much to say, so we'll we'll stop on Monero here real quick. Um, take a look, and then we'll talk. We'll go back to Bitcoin. We'll go back to like the broader crypto markets and look at the regression analysis. Uh, let's see. We, we got we got 55 people viewing right now. Like and share, guys. Let's get, let's get the numbers up. Let's grow the audience. I feel like uh, sometimes I feel like we're shadow banned, like people don't get the alert. Put your alerts on on YouTube, by the way. I think that helps. It helps us grow the shit. Go ahead, man. Take it away. So one thing that um, that didn't escape me, and I posted about this earlier this week, is that you guys remember 2021, January 1st, 2021, when Bittrex, a no-volume exchange, delisted Monero with a whole lot of like negative press, and everyone's like, oh my God, they're, gonna, they're just going to ban it, and... Like they did that to hit the price on Monero as hard as they could while they were planning on pumping everything else, right? Incipient to the, to the pump that was happening, like mid pump. And then a few months later, everything topped, everything hit a blow off top a lot sooner than anyone expected it would and everything crashed, right? Um, man, this, this story that happened recently doesn't just rhyme. It's like the same fucking story. It's the exact same play that they did in 2021. So, um, so yeah, the delisting of Monero was like a sign, was another little tick mark in the direction of, hey, there's more gains to be had here. Um, and right now it's another tick mark in the direction of, is there a blow off top happening sooner rather than later? Remember we've talked about on this show before, markets learn. So things get front run. When a pattern gets identified by the broad collective, that pattern gets front run. So right now you got to ask yourself, is next year's bull run, the four year cycle getting front run by markets that learn? Um, this that's not this is no formal proof or anything, but it is an important thing that we need to keep in the back of our minds here as we go forward. Um, but that's not to say that there's not more gains on the way. We'll talk about it later. I do think there are more gains on the way. But um, but yes, like they do this. This is a play that they've done regularly. They find ways to hit Monero's price, to fuck with price, to shut down withdrawals, to do whatever they can do while they pump the rest of the markets. Right there, this is a relative smash. Right, they want to suppress Monero down as much as they can while they pump everything else so that Monero doesn't get any spotlight. So that everyone says to themselves, oh, you shouldn't hold Monero when there's a bull market. It it performs the worst. So they're going to try and make that reality enough so that the rest of the plebs and the rest of like the the market um, will adopt that mentality and then finish the job, right? Like that's just, that's how they do things. Um, that, because the power isn't like, they don't have omnipotent power. They can't control prices omnipotently, but they can control them significantly enough um, to sort of form the psychology, the market psychology necessary to get the results they want. Okay. So just wanted to say that before I forget, um, because there's a good chance I'll forget somewhere in the, in the maze of, of all the price things we're going to talk about here. Um, 
Okay, so Monero, you'll notice we've we've got the uh, the long term. This is the day the daily chart going back to um, the beginning of 2023. You'll notice that our standard deviation bands have been very stable. Um, we crashed out of it, but now we're like back into those same bands. So um, we're not quite back up here, you know, 172, which would be really where we should be. Um, we're we're basically getting just back into those bands, but this is a really good sign. The fact that we crash down and then immediately rebound into them, that that's a good sign that price has no place being down here. This is not where the real price of Monero is. That's not where the real price of Monero is going. If it was, we would come up here and then we would crash down again. If we crash down again, I would say our price is pretty fucked. Um, but I don't think that's what's going to happen. This chart right now is signaling to us that that um, that Monero's real price, its real fair market value, is at least inside of these bands, um, and that probably incorporates all the fractional reserve that's been baked into the price over the past few years as well. So the the real fair market price, like a, a rational organic market price of Monero, would be definitely uh, many multiples higher. We we should really probably be easily at three five hundred dollars, if not higher. Um, okay, law. but anyways, sir. Net counts law three thousand dollars. <laughs> yeah, I now, mean, really, like local Monero Street price is actually uh, yeah. one fifty-two. It's like ten dollars above. I, the, I um, saw like one seventy. I saw it at like one seventy somewhere. Yeah, I don't think that was. I think that was from like a while ago. Yeah, because I looked. Worth, I looked, and it was saying one fifty-two. It's worth noting too that um, Coin Market Cap was misreporting Monero's price by like. Ten percent lower than than what every other exchange, even the scam exchanges, were 10%? reporting. Ten percent? That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. Like when Monero spiked That's up, um, I don't know, is it like one thirty or one forty or something? They were reporting it down like one twenty. I just remember there being some tweets about it, and I looked it up, and I was like, well, of course, right? Of course, they're going to do it. Um, so yeah, we're basically back in back in our bands, back in our stablecoin price before they did their fuckery. Um, okay, right. That's uh, it is what it is. This is the um, this is the uh, price divergences. Poloniex, for whatever reason, they just love to list Monero five to six percent lower than even than the rest of the exchanges uh, tend to do. So, yeah, they, I don't know. They're just they're out to lunch. I don't even know why I include them. I guess a gee whiz kind of thing. Bitfinex, Bitfinex is, um, has also been enjoying uh, putting Monero's price about half a percent lower for a period of time than uh, than what Kraken does. Um, we haven't looked at the volume weighted exchanges. We're not going to do that. I need to actually, um, I need to include Tether into these, into the volume weighted exchanges. I'm not sure how much we should trust the volume weighted stuff anymore. They just don't trust volumes when it comes to crypto. But anyways, that's what the, uh, the absolute price divergences look like. Um, we're still, we're doing this kind of like, um, this like kind of one, two, three bounce bottom here thing. Um, let's take a look at the Z scores. My guess is that the Z scores are going to be showing us divergence here, which, um, yeah, basically. Um, basically, the Z scores are making higher lows, whereas you know, crypto kind of made or crypto Monero um, made a lower low here, and then now looks like it's. I mean, this looks like a bottoming pattern, guys. Uh, that that definitely looks like a bottoming pattern. Same thing with um, with XMR BTC. Uh, in fact, in a, in a very technical sense, you do have um, divergence to the RSI. Uh, let's draw a line here. So you'll notice that uh, that's a lower low, and if we're looking at it on terms of the close price. Um, that was another lower lower made uh, just a few days ago. All the while, the RSI, which is a, a momentum kind of indicator, uh, is making higher lows. So that's bullish divergence. Technically speaking, that would be bullish divergence on the price. Um, you know, for all the the TA degens, all the tea leaf degens. Um, again, when you look at technical analysis, it's like you don't want to just look at one thing and be like, "This is the thing," right? You, you got to look at the whole. Like, you really want to look at as many things as you can, and then see where you get confluences. Um, 
which means that you're not going to take trades that often, right? You're not necessarily going to get involved in a lot of trades. And I think that this is a theme that I've seen with a lot of successful traders. If you trade a lot, it better be algorithmic in nature. You better have well-defined criteria and you better be looking across a lot of different charts all the time and have access to, to basically a centralized exchange or a centralized marketplace where you that has the liquidity for you to take positions in a, in a very algorithmic sense. If you're not trading algorithmically and you're trading kind of like, like I do, where you're like, okay, let me look at the markets. Let me see what I think. Let's take in the full spectrum of um, you know market psychology, fundamentals, um, technical analysis and, uh, you know, the, the, the news and what's happening, right? If you're going to trade like that, my opinion is you really shouldn't trade that much. You need to limit your trades and you need to take trades that you have confidence in that you feel like there's a big confluence. It means you have to be comfortable with letting opportunities pass you by. Um, and we'll, again, we'll talk a little bit more about like trading strategy a little bit later here, but, um, yeah. So anyways, uh, this definitely looks in a technical sense, like a bottoming pattern, um, for Monero versus Bitcoin and Monero versus Ethereum, um, which, you know, hypothetically, that that could also be an indicator of um, of an altcoin run about to happen, or uh, you know, kind of a, a market topping action um, that could be that could be happening here. Um, so there's really there's not too much to say about Monero's prices as usual. We're back into our um, back into our stablecoin range here. Probably this thing will keep going to the upside at, at this moment. The best thing that like we really want to get back to the to the 172 180 range. We want to get back to these standard deviations here. Probably before this, like, oh, Monerotopia. Might as well bring that up, guys. We uh, announced it last week. Monerotopia is officially in Buenos Aires. Let me see if I could show the screen. Share oh, you screen. got it. Bam! Did I do it? Yeah, there oh, you are. You did. Monerotopia 2024, Buenos Aires, Argentina, November 1st through the 3rd. That's a weekend. That is the same weekend as La Bitconf. These pictures back here, that's actually the Serrano marketplace where we'll be having Monerotopia. It's a popular marketplace and we rent it out or are renting out a large bar restaurant where the conference will take place. And you'll be able to overlook the bazaar, the Monero bazaar on the street. Uh, should be very cool. We're very excited. Um, a lot of planning to do. If you want to get involved in any way whatsoever, email us, monerotopia at protonmail.com. Whether you want to be a vendor, anybody that wants to come there and sell things for Monero, you know, you, you could do that for free. We'll find a spot for you. Uh, maybe you want to be a sponsor. Maybe you're a privacy tech project and you want to present. We had a lot of amazing privacy tech projects presenting last year. Um, privacy tech or digital cash related. Uh, hit us up for whatever reasons you may have, and we'll get you involved one way or the other. Also, consider buying a ticket. Why they're super cheap. They'll always be pretty cheap, but now they're super cheap. Um, and the VIPs, I don't know how many we'll, we'll have. So those usually go, go fast, and a lot of people end up buying those because that's like a great way to really experience Monerotopia because into the speaker dinner. So if you're interested in that, I recommend grabbing that too because those will be limited for space reasons. And that's it for now. Do we have Body back? Uh, Body said his power died and he's rebooting now. Okay. Oh, uh, I will continue to talk then. Actually, so another new aspect of Monerotopia this year will be the Copa Monero, uh, which is going to take place leading up to Monerotopia. It's going to be taking place in Argentina as well, but in Formosa. So for anybody who's been watching this show is familiar with what's going on in Formosa, in what we're calling Monero Town in Iberete, a small town in Formosa. And there we will be throwing a Monero 
soccer football tournament with a large Monero prize that will be given away at the end. And 12 local teams are going to be competing for like four months, five months leading up to Monerotopia. And the final game will be around the, the date of Monerotopia. And it should be super cool. We're going to stream all the games. Uh, we'll have a website going up soon, copamonero.com. Well, you'll be able to see all the all the teams that are playing against each other uh, and watch the teams as they play. Perhaps there'll be some Monero gambling taking place on the side, and that should that should be very cool. And uh, we're as the, anybody who sponsors Monero Topia will also be a sponsor of Copa Monero, so you'll be one of the team sponsors. So we're very excited for that. Yeah, man, it's gonna be good. Tux, you, th- you think you could uh, make it down there this year? Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. Uh, Cake's probably gonna. Um, I imagine they'll, they'll probably do a sponsor thing this year also for it. Yeah, I hope so. I hope so. We hit Vic up the other day. So very excited. And we, we have, we have some time to make a kick ass. We moved it to November. Another reason we moved it to November is because we didn't want to be too close to Monero Con. It's, it has worked out. Yes, in that's years appreciated. Because now you've got like, you know, yeah. one towards the beginning of the year and one closer towards the yeah. end of the year, right? So, somebody, somebody had a, had a, had a, do, had a bow out and wait. And obviously, uh, MoneroCon is, is the older, the, the older, more respected conference. And so we, we bowed and said, all right, let's, uh, let's move ours. <laughs> and so we moved it till basically six months away. It should work out nicely. And Argentina, anybody who's been there knows it's, it's fucking fantastic. Buenos Aires in particular. Uh, it's a, it's just a, it's just a lovely city. Obviously, you know, there, there's a lot of, uh, a lot of poverty, unfortunately, because of what we're seeing with Fiat. Um, but it's also a beautiful, beautiful city. And right now it's, it's beginning to reblossom with Malay as, as their president, which I think we'll go into again later today in the news. Uh, so that's part of the reason we're going down there because liberty is in the air, cryptocurrencies in the air. There's a lot of natural organic crypto adoption that takes place there because of the fiat situation. Everybody knows crypto. Uh, they understand it. Everybody's familiar with the concept of money just being a tool, right? They, they see fiat as, as a dirty thing that they, they're trying to get rid of as fast as possible and they'll take anything else in, in place of it. So crypto is, as you can imagine, is, is naturally gaining adoption down there. And so we're trying to tap into that movement and that's why we're doing Monerotopia down there. And that's why we're doing this, uh, the marketplace to kind of showcase the usage of Monero. And see if we could get locals into it. Um, it should be pretty, you know, the, the goal would be to onboard every single vendor. And we'll be doing that leading up to the conference. So we're trying to improve from last year's conference, which was amazing. We had the, the bazaar was, was beautiful. Um, but we didn't have enough time to onboard all the, all the, uh, vendors beforehand. So it was like we were doing it during the conference and every, you know, it was working out very well. But, uh, this time around, we want to perfect that. And we want to have all the vendors on board before the conference, and we'll be doing that for, for the next, you know, six months or so leading up to it, uh, since they'll be out there every weekend anyway. We're tapping into a pre-existing marketplace that already exists. We're not like last year, we brought in a marketplace. This is a marketplace that already takes place in this plaza every weekend in uh, Buenos Aires. And so we're going to have people out there going out there every weekend to onboard these guys and prepare them for the Monerotopia conference. Be pretty That's awesome. Guess. That'd be cool. Yeah. I mean, you'll yeah. Go out at conference and start using your Monero 
and we'll have uh, Monero Noto set up, right? So we uh, obviously uh, internet should, should be good because it's it's the city. Um, there's good internet there. So, but we're gonna also have local Monero Notos running. So uh, all the vendors and all the conference attendees can attach, you know, connect to a local node, and that should speed things up as well. For sure, even if the internet's decent, having you know two three hundred people all try to sync. At the same time, is not you know that's that's a surefire way to just kill the internet for everyone. Yeah, so super excited about that. Body, you're back, man. Yes. Yo, body. Can you hear me? Yeah. Yeah, we got you. We got you. Yeah, I've been having power problems lately here in Mexico. I I have an ups. I bought like three of these things in the past four years. They these universal or un, uninterruptible power supplies. I don't know. I think the batteries they use are just absolute garbage because I can't sustain even like three seconds anymore, five seconds with the power gone. Um, but I've been having power problems where the power will drop out for anywhere between 30 seconds to five minutes to 10 minutes. So um, I basically got um, a battery, like a proper lithium ion LifePo 4 battery system on order so that, um, so that I, I can at least keep working and not get my computer shut down. Uh, yeah, would you? Power drops. I'll send you the one that I use. Um, it's decent. It's an APC one for for sensitive hardware like computers. You need you you really want to use one that's pure sine wave. Um, so if you use one that's simulated sine wave, some power supplies don't respond to it correctly when it switches over, and it causes the whole computer to shut off. Or it's just kind of damaging to it over time, because uh, the power supply in the computer has to make up for the the simulated sine wave. Mm, the, uh, you know, the... maybe that's why my power supply went out a couple months ago. It was like a Corsair 1600i. It shouldn't go out. Like it's a 10 year warranty. Um, yeah, maybe it's the the UPS I'm connected to. It's possible. It was. It's weird because for like, okay, I've had like, you know, you get these intermittent power drops that happen for like a second or a few seconds. But um, I, I really haven't had too many power problems here in Mexico. But as of the past like four or five months. Um, I don't know my, my area here in particular has been having problems. So, um, but reality, I'm just, I'm just going to get like a full battery system, like an actual, like backup battery system that'll keep me running for an hour or two. Um, you know, if the power drops out, cause sometimes it does drop out for an hour. So, and you know, it's a nice, like emergency supply thing to have anyways, right? Have some batteries, have a, have an inverter just in case, you know, generator. Well, it, 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 it was the, it was the perfect moment to shill Monerotopia. So thank you oh, for right that. On. Cool. <laughs> Thank you to the the electricity gods. <laughs> Guys, we got we got Ragnar coming up too. Um is Tony does Tony need to do the news right away or does he have more time? So Tony uh he said that he actually had to go around like twelve. Um so we're gonna do dev and get we're gonna let body finish do guest and dev or dev okay. and guest. And then if he if he's back in time we'll do news with him. If not I'll Okay, 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 okay. Sweet, sweet, sweet. Perfect. All right. Okay, yeah, I think that should away. be working better now. Yes, sir. Okay. We got it. So we are looking at the Monero transactions. Um, lately, we've had a little bump up here to the uh, 30, 40,000 area, which is nice. Last time we, this is slightly longer than in December when that happened. And if we zoom out a little bit now at the three-year chart, um, we're finally, we're not, we're not exactly getting up to um, these kind of levels that we had centered around July of 2022, but in the depths of the bear market, um, you know, at the end of October there, um, we have been steadily having higher lows. So that's nice. Um, it looks like, you know, there's there's kind of a, a little bit of a comeback here. Uh, let's do a simple moving average, uh, I guess 70. Yeah, so you can see overall, like, we're kind of, um, that that bottom area is, is coming coming to the top side here. And we're, 
although we've kind of flattened off here in the past few years, um, you know, if I were to put this on a technical analysis sense, you, you'd probably say that there's a consolidation pattern before going higher. Uh, at least hopefully, right? That's, that's, that's the narrative we would like to, um, that we're basically going to be continuing, um, our rise in transaction counts here. Um, uh, so yeah, I think that's about it for Monero. Let's, um, let's circle back around here and, and talk a little bit more about Bitcoin. Um, a little bit about crypto. Let's see. We covered the ETF. Um, today we're going to talk the regression analysis. So let's go ahead and, um, and get that done here. So, uh, here's the monthly chart. Uh, there's a few things that are important to point out on the monthly chart. Oh, I redid the regression analysis um, for the yellow line. So the blue line or the green line or the aqua line, the, the lower boundary here, um, that's pretty much set. We won't recalculate that um, probably. Maybe I could recalculate it and include this data right here from January. But I still think it's very possible that um, at some point here in the next year or so, um, a big drop could happen, right? If you get some demand destroying event, we could get another wick down that touches this lower boundary line. I really, really actually hope that happens. I would love the opportunity to, to say this is statistical maximum opportunity here um, to just put everything into Bitcoin or everything into crypto. Probably you'd be like little Bitcoin, little Ethereum, right? I'd probably just go with the big ones, whatever um, on the cash I have waiting on the sidelines here. Um, okay, but the yellow line changes regularly because the yellow line is calculated by removing these blow off tops and it's an iterative process where you you sort of draw the regression line the best fit line for all of the data and then you throw out all of the data that's you know that's kind of like really really high then you redraw the regression line without that data included and then again you cut off the tops maybe one day on the show when it's slow and there's not much to talk about i'll actually like show you step by step this process how it works ultimately what i'm I say all that because this yellow line gets recalculated at every single new candle, right? Every single new candle causes this yellow line to shift ever so slightly. So once every few months, it, it's really, um, it's not a bad idea to recalculate it. So this yellow line is now current as of February 28th, um, 2024. So you'll notice that, um, you know, I mean, it's really, if you're really looking at the Bitcoin price, like it is not significantly out of trend um, relative to the regression analysis, right? Relative to the non-bubble, I call the yellow line the non-bubble regression analysis. I kind of stole that from Ben Cohen, so thanks, Ben, for uh, the terminology. Definitely give him some credit there. Although, Ben, bro, if you ever come across this stuff, um, you should contact me. I can help you look at your residuals and get your model tightened up, which is which is why your model tends to diverge slowly over time. Um, at any rate, um, another important thing here to point out that you'll notice, I dropped this horizontal line. Effectively, Bitcoin closed the month of February um, at the previous close all-time all-time high, right from uh, from October. Um, it effectively tagged that. Another very interesting thing to note here: we have one, two, three, four, five, six green candles in a row on the monthly chart, and we are now at seven green candles. Although obviously, we still have the next thirty uh, thirty days of March, thirty-one days of March um, before this green candle. Um, could potentially, you know, could go down. The thing that I want to point out here is that Bitcoin has never had seven months of green candles in a row since um, since 2012. And even this one right here. So, okay, we can count them up. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. 2012 was the last time Bitcoin had seven green monthly candles in a row. Um, and you almost, it, it almost doesn't count because these first two candles were really they technically they were green but basically they were flat right like okay you count those technically but they, that wasn't like actually like truly like positive movement okay technically slightly but it was more like a bottoming pattern after a big blow off top happened uh consolidation pattern um before moving higher 
So um, that like that's another little like tick mark in our brains that we say, hey, you know, maybe this run is getting a little bit ahead of itself. That's not to say that things can't continue higher. And right now you'll see that the upper boundary of the Bitcoin regression sits at $140,000, right? Like if we got to $140,000, I would be taking massive shorts on leverage. I would take the risk of being on a centralized exchange to take shorts on the Bitcoin price if we touch this um, this upper boundary here again. I don't think we're necessarily going to get that high. Um, that's That would be really quite out of control, I think. Um, and even just the fact, again, that we've got these seven, well, six green candles working on the seventh here. Um, I mean, there's a lot of indicators out there, guys, that are starting to say top, top is close, top is inbound. We've got all these like small things again, you know, like with the Monero delisting, right? They did the same thing in 2021 where they delisted from Bittrex and then topped the markets and distributed on everyone, um, you know, a little bit, a little bit afterwards. Um, we're, we're on the Z scores, right? We are out of trend. We are nearing, as we talked about, um, back here, um, effectively, sorry, that's the stocks. This is, this is total market cap. Um, it's basically the same story for Bitcoin. Um, so again, effectively, like we're approaching out of trend, we're approaching the same levels as previous all time highs. Um, at least in terms of, you know, the, the previous, uh, 365 days. Yeah. 365 days. So like you can see, like we're basically getting like, we're close guys. Like this is getting close. Like I said, I've been, I've been looking for opportunities to sell. I've been like, uh, for the past few months, I'm like, Hey, I'm ready to get out of these markets when the time comes. Time hasn't come yet. Um, so we're, you know, I'm still basically long, right? Um, as we've talked about here, like the direction is up. There's, there's more juice to squeeze, right? This, like, you don't want to get out of the markets yet. Um, and again, I really want to sidetrack here into like trading styles and strategies, but we'll, we'll save that here for, for a little bit. Um, let's go back to the regression analysis. Okay. So that's the monthly. Um, that's what the monthly chart looks like. Let's go down to the daily. Um, uh, I'm not sure if there's anything we need to look at on the daily there, actually. Uh, let's take a, a quick, um, side trail as long as we're on it. Um, tether market cap has like massively increased. So there's been a lot of tethers issued. And actually, this is kind of a miss on my part, guys. I should have, I should have been watching this more carefully and just kind of like, I don't know, I guess I got bored of looking at the tether market cap, not doing anything, but really starting in November, um, tether market cap really started moving to the upside. This is yet another like congruency to what happened in 2020, 2021. You saw tether market cap significantly increasing, um, ahead of and in line with as Bitcoin price increased. So um, at the moment, like tether market cap continues to move up, right? Like that's, that's gone from 82 billion to almost hundred billion, right? So that's, um, that's 18 billion more, uh, more tether uh, in existence now. So, and also USDC market cap bottomed in and is now also moving to the upside here. So um, just another like important small point to, to keep, keep in our heads here. Um, let's go to like our regular charts that we look at. And uh, if I'm looking for areas where I think topping action could happen, this is the Bitcoin chart. It is now significantly above like any of our uh, our eyeball lines. We are now actually significantly um, breaking through these upper standard deviations. Those upper standard deviations had been a target in my mind for quite a long time. But the reality is that there's so much momentum here um, that that momentum is just continuing to carry this thing higher and higher. And in a lot of ways, that's dangerous, right? Because that's leverage. When this kind of thing happens, people start aping in. People start taking leverage. They start going 20x. They start doing crazy shit. And that shit just pumps the coin even more. So right now, what we're looking at here is these purple bands. And that's um, 
that's a derivation of standard deviation. It's like kind of your next level up. It's not the second standard deviation. It's like a, it's a non-arbitrary way. It's a non-multiplier way of deciding how do you look at, um, how do you look at standard deviation and a moving standard deviation and then come up with something that gives you, um, something useful, right? Um, right now I'm looking at this as being the potential topping point for Bitcoin. I, I don't want to say that that's, that's what I think the topping point will be, but 80K, Somewhere around about eighty thousand now is is what this really looks like. That looks quite possible. Again, you've got liquidity in the macro sense that's still available. You still got stock markets that are going that are going to continue up most likely. Um, does it need to cool off? Yeah, I mean that that could be the case. I don't know if things are going to cool off or continue directly up. Um, but uh, but at the moment, I really do think that um, eighty thousand could be could could legitimately be a spot to look for here. I mean that's what that's what the technicals would say. Like that's what um that's what the chart looks like. Um. So, uh, you know, I still like, I still am not going to chase with the funds I've had sitting on the sideline. I just don't chase. I hate chasing. It's like, I just can't do it. I will watch the market pass me by. That's fine. And, and miss out on some gains that I could have had. Um, you know, like I've talked, told you guys, I've still got my long plays on my, on my altcoins and those are keeping pace with Bitcoin. Um, and in a lot of cases, in some cases outperforming significantly. So, um, yeah, I mean, this thing could continue going. I think it would just be special if, you know, 65,000, 70,000, 80,000, right? Like marginally higher highs to trick people into thinking that the next wave up, the next big, you know, boom is coming, um, only to distribute on the plebs and then, and then see some kind of big washout. So, um, again, that's tentative, like to say that we're going to have some interim top here and then have a big washout, you know, maybe back down to like 30K or, or 40K, something like that. Um, you know, that's very speculative, right? We're looking into the future. And so this is what I mean when I say this is a tentative kind of idea. We have to examine as we get closer. We have to play it by ear in real time um, because like markets are not static. And if you have some kind of thesis where you think the market, um, you know, you're looking ahead. OK, this is what I expect the market's going to do. Here's how I will position myself for that. As as things change and as like the markets dynamically adjust and update um, and things will always happen that you don't expect, you need to be nimble to adjust to that. Right. Like just because I've been saying, hey, I'm looking for exits. I haven't exited yet, right? Like, and that's that's an important thing to understand. Like, when you're listening to anyone talk about price or anyone like making forecasts, right? Like, um, this is a fuzzy thing, and and it's you can't get it right all the time. And you, if you're going to trade, you especially have to know that you're going to be wrong sometimes and be able to survive um, being wrong, right? So, um, that's um, you know, personally, like my style is I I I hate trend trading, I hate chasing, um, but I do like trying to buy tops and uh, sell tops and buy bottoms. Um, that seems to have worked for me. Like personally, that's worked pretty good. Um, I'm okay with watching the markets pump and I'm not hundred percent in the market. Um, that's fine. Uh, I, I trade lightly and I trade rarely. Like there are times that opportunity comes along, right? With the, with the delisting, there was good opportunity there to like to sit all day and watch a chart and then try and time the bottom, right? And, and buy some Monero at the bottom there. Um, that was, that was fun. That was cool. Um, but I, uh, you know, I've got other projects that I work on. I, I really don't want to be married to a screen, to a chart. I really um, have come to dislike that in a significant amount. So if you're not going to dedicate all your time to looking at charts and studying markets, um, you need to find other ways. If you want to trade and you want to beat the market and not just hodl, you need to find strategies that are going to work for you, right? So for me personally, keeping track of the macro situation, trying to buy the bottom, selling the top, or at least getting in that neighborhood, right, um, has helped me to be able to to beat the market fairly consistently now for, for the past couple years. Um, but that's just my personal style. There's other styles that work, right? So that's why I don't, I try not to tell you guys and give like specific advice or like 
you should do this or like you should, I mean, yeah, I'll say, okay, the market direction is up. I think things are going up, but I typically won't like tell you, okay, this is like how you should trade your exact strategy or style. This is why I'm just trying to like deliver the information of what the markets look like, at least from my perspective, um, so that you can make your own decision in line with your own like trading goals and objectives with your own like um, financial investment uh, goals and objectives. So, um, cause I, you know, lately I've had a lot of people asking me this question, like, Hey man, um, the market's going up. I'm going to sell my stocks and buy the Bitcoin ETF. And I'm just like, you know, rubbing my eyes. Like, I, I don't know what to tell you guys. Like, that's why back in December, January, uh, a year ago, right at the end of 2022, beginning of 2023, I said, you know, this is the time the macro situation is clearly changing. There's a fundamental shift happening. Like now is the time to get back into the markets, like start buying. Um, because Right now, I don't care if markets drop. Like I can hold all of the things I'm holding and the markets can drop and I'm still winning. I'm still in profits. But if I go chasing right here and I drop all that cash, you know, the extra like, I don't know, stable coins or, or gold or whatever, if I drop that into crypto markets now and then I'm wrong and things don't continue going up to 80,000 and I like that's loss, that's pure loss. So I don't know what to tell people that are, that are like, hey, you know, should I put my money into the Bitcoin ETF now? It's like, I, I couldn't like that's, that's completely out of line with the way that I trade. There is a trend, however, um, some people do trend trade, just know that like, that's a very different style. Um, so hopefully, uh, I don't know, it sounds like a little bit of a, um, disclaimer, I guess, but, um, really it's, it's contextual. Like I, I want you guys to understand the context for the information that I'm presenting and, um, and, and hopefully like just know you have to integrate that into your own like goal strategy styles and availability to trade these markets. So, um, yeah, that's, um, let's see. Let's make sure we've covered everything here. Similar chart patterns. Yeah, yeah, we won't cover that chart pattern. We already covered the regression analysis. Um, Bitcoin NASDAQ looks very similar. Um, let's see here. Bitcoin NASDAQ is already like kind of moving to the upside here. Again, you've got these big purple lines um, at the top side here. That That's probably a good target. Um, Bitcoin has been significantly outperforming the NASDAQ. Although you'll notice like Bitcoin is still pretty far away from its all-time highs in terms of the NASDAQ. Let's go to the monthly. These are monthly candles. Yeah, I mean, so Bitcoin is still like and this is kind of like, this is almost kind of a good way to look at Bitcoin relative to inflation because the NASDAQ um, probably is like the biggest beneficiary of inflation. It really is. Like you get all this liquidity, you get all the speculation, this money printing, you get the leverage, you get people taking loans to invest into the market, right? And then what do they invest in? Because times are good, they go into the NASDAQ because that's your, you know, that's that's where the gains are to be had in the, in the traditional markets. So if you really want to look at how Bitcoin is doing relative to inflation, you probably want to look at Bitcoin relative to the NASDAQ. Um, so, I mean, it's doing pretty good, right? Like Bitcoin is now like beaten the most, pretty much the most shallow way that we could draw this line. Like, okay, maybe we could try and draw the line like that. Like we could try and draw the line like that. That would be dubious. But, um, anyways, like Bitcoin is doing quite well relative to the NASDAQ. So, um, I think that's about all I, I have for you guys. It's been quite a long price report today. So, um, yeah, just to no summarize, worries. just to okay. summarize the macro situation still looks like there's liquidity. The stock market technical analysis, um, statistical, you know, standard deviation analysis looks like it still wants to make it higher. Uh, it still wants to go up. Bitcoin is now well beyond, uh, like it has momentum. Crypto has momentum. There's real cash coming in with the ETF, although some of that is wash trading, no doubt. Bitcoin is now well above standard deviation levels. Um, that's probably a pivot point. I, I'm looking at tentatively 80K now, um, a, a slightly higher high for Bitcoin. Um, and I still do think that at some point an altcoin run, um, and, and there kind of already is, like it's already happening. There already is kind of an altcoin run in progress. Um, maybe not for like Ethereum, right? Ethereum isn't making any big runs, but um, like some of these other coins like uh, Link and AVAX and um, 
you know, like there, there are coins out there that are doing quite well. Not all of them are, but there should be some kind of altcoin run. Um, pick and choose wisely. I say when it comes to small market cap, highly speculative plays, it is never wrong to take profit. If you're holding shit coins and you're speculating on shit coins and you're up, you know, significant amounts, if you significantly outperform Bitcoin, it's never wrong to take profit. Um, I say take that profit. If you really like feel like you need to keep it in crypto, okay, then take the profit on the shit coin and go into Bitcoin, go into Ethereum, go into Monero, right? Go into, go into something else. Um, but, uh, yeah, so that's, that's like the big broad, the, the 30,000 foot view. Like there's still liquidity. Altcoin run probably coming somewhat. It might be muted. It might not be as big as people hope, but, um, you know, um, don't get too greedy. I feel greedy right now. I look at my emotions and I think that my emotions are a counter signal. Um, <laughs> the market can stay greedy for a while though. I, I know um, I've asked you this before, buddy, but just real quick, what is your advice to people that are looking to, you know, perhaps liquidate some of their crypto into a quote unquote stable, something, uh, USD related? What's the easiest way you think these days to do that in a KYC free, free way? Uh, if you're, there's, there's local Monero, so, but you, that means you already have to have, have your Monero. Um, these, these, um, instant swap exchanges are pretty good. Um, there's, there's basic swap, but that didn't seem to have a significant, um, like selection of coins. Um, I say app is a really good way to KYC free get from one coin, um, into another coin. So yeah, I mean, you can go straight from whatever shit coin it is you're gambling on into USDC or USDT, um, or die and or die. Those are my big three. Those are the ones that I prefer to hold. They're stable, right? Like if you, if you tried to do Terra Luna stable coin, like you got totally wrecked and wiped out. Um, you know, stay with, stay with the tried and true ones. Like USDT has some kind of like tacit blessing or agreement with the deep state. Um, you know, but stay with, stay with like the big three there. Um, you can use instant swap exchanges. That's a non KYC way to do it. What else could you do? Um, let's see. I, I mean, you could see what, what, what kind of stuff exists on local Monero. You could hypothetically swap from your shitcoin into XMR. And then from XMR into Ethereum or into Tron, and then from there into USDC. I know that I'm hoop jumping here, so I, I apologize. But there's there's not like as you were talking about Monero earlier, there's not great ways. Like it's not a straightforward click a button, um, easy way to do it. You've got to jump through some hoops to 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 do this sometimes. Vic is saying, yeah, obviously you can swap into stables and kick, and that yep, probably we have Trocador and Cake Wallet. The easiest way to do it. What are the fees there? Um. I don't know if there are any. I don't know how much different they are from using Trigger by itself. I don't think it's. I don't think it's any different at all. I think it's the same. Okay, I remember uh, one time I, I, I swapped. I swapped. I think it was BTC to Monero or like Litecoin to Monero or something, and I, I felt like I was paying four percent or like five percent. I was like, damn, that's kind of high. But that was before y'all integrated Trocador, so maybe I need to take a second. It was probably with that. one of the other ones because there's also Change Now, Side Shift, and Simple Swap, um, which those ones have all slightly different fee rates. Trocador, though, it also depends on which service Trocador selects, because Trocador themselves is an aggregate uh, for a lot of different swaps, right? So depending on which one you get in Trocador, that'll also change the, the fee. Hmm. I just remember it was like it was a simple interface. I was like, okay, I want to swap from here to here. I don't remember which direction exactly, but it involves Monero. And I just remember paying like 4 or 5% in fees, and I didn't have much... Like there wasn't really an option. It was like, okay, would you want to, do you want to swap? And I was like, yes, I want to swap. Are you sure? Yes, I'm sure. Write down this thing. Okay. It's written. And then once everything was said and done, I was like, damn, that was a 4% hit or like a 5% hit. Um, I don't think I've ever paid a fee that now. high. So I'm saying average 1.5% fee in cake. I don't yeah. know what, which I've never, I've never, to. yeah. Okay. I've never paid a fee that Vic high. Usually like saying 1%. Around 1%, 1% it should be. 
Uh, we do huge volumes, so obviously people are good. Okay, that they, must have just been like guys. an there off experience, and it was last year. Like it was, I think it was early last year. So it's been a while um, since I've done it. But yeah, once again, it will vary depending easy. on like, the um, hoops. Yeah, no, it's just built in there, um, and the whole exchange process is integrated in the wallet, which is pretty awesome. But uh, it'll it vary depending on the provider. Easy. But uh, I think I've paid around one percent for all the swaps I've done, around one to two percent. I think they were. I think they were hot, much higher back in the day when it first started. I remember, like when um, you were first able to exchange on Cake. These were higher back in the day. I believe. I could, you know, that was that was my experience talking years ago. Okay. All right. Well, that's that's good to hear. Then actually, I don't know now though. Honestly, I haven't made a. Sw- I haven't uh, used it anytime recently. But I, it, Vic is saying around one percent, which is you know that's that's very competitive, right? Yeah. And that reflects my own experience. Yeah. Well, I will I will give it a try again. The next time I need to make a swap, I'll just do do it in cake and um um yeah, if that if that happens again, I'll definitely contact you, Vic, let you know. And and so, Tux. All right. Awesome body, fantastic price report as always. Thank you. Yeah, stick Appreciate around if you can. Um, yeah, I'll be here. And we'll jump to our special guest. Let's do it. All right. Thanks, body. Thank you, body. That was good. Let's jump into the guest segment. The Monerotopia guest segment is sponsored by Cake Wallet. Store, send, receive, and exchange your Monero and Bitcoin safely on iOS and Android too. Cake Wallet is open source, and you always control your own keys. All right, Ragnar, thanks for hanging on, man. I know it's it's a marathon over here. Yeah, no, thanks for having me. You okay? Yeah, you're a little low. If you could somehow raise your volume. Wait, I might be able to raise yes. your volume. Wait, I'll, hold on. Yeah, I got you. I got yeah, you I mean, over here. Let's see if that works. Go ahead. Keep talking. Is that better? Or I can make yeah, it much better. Yeah, that's better for me. Okay. So what's Good. going on? Finny Forum around the corner, man. It's uh, it's creeping up fast. Yeah, two weeks two weeks from yesterday we'll be there. So glad to be back with you. We had our interview, what, like a month ago or so. So getting ramped up and... I saw what you guys are doing in Argentina. That looks really exciting. But for now, I'm focusing on the next two weeks to get across. The- very excited. For- I'm personally very excited. I uh, can't wait to get go down there. For you know, it's, it's not it's not too far. It's not like uh, we're going to Europe or anything. Just going to Texas. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I haven't I haven't been there in years. I was in Texas once. Uh, it was right after college. So very much looking forward to to that. Just hanging out there. Yeah, um, we- but give us uh, give us some insight into the scene. What people could expect if they're coming down to Finiform. Thanks. Yeah. So I think of it as a really holistic conference that integrates Bitcoin, Monero, cybersecurity, and privacy in general. And I think that is often uh, overlooked when we talk about, you know, our two, or my, is how they fit into kind of the broader perspective of other technology. And so that's why we did Finiform this way is bring the best of all those that care about Monero, Bitcoin, privacy, cybersecurity, and how they can work together. So I think that's kind of what distinguishes us from some other conference, like Bitcoin conference. So I would say that that's the first, I think, sort of bullet point for people who are still on the fence if they want to come or not. And the second thing I would say is we're excited to have really practical, hands-on type of speakers. Um, we try to have a variety of types of, we really want to get heavy on where building things, um, building tools or using. Um, so I think, I think we're achieving that. And the third thing is I'm excited to have our um, keynote speaker, Tor Eklund. Uh, he's mm. working on the Bitcoin fog case, and I think the court case week that that's happening. So by the time he comes to speak, I think we'll know how that. We'll have to look Very forward. exciting, yeah. We we we've had him uh, we've had him on the on the show back in the day. 
Uh, and then we had them at Monerotopia. They're they're a, a good good group of guys, real real freedom fighters. Um, so very cool that you have them there as the uh, as the main speaker. Vinny, yeah. um, for I mean, yeah, let me ask you. Obviously, I, I I know why, but just to get the information out there, why you why are you calling it Finny Forum? Give us give us a little background there for the great for the for the noobs out there who don't know much. Yeah, that, that's a great question, and probably we should have put out a, a video about you know why we chose Hal Finney. Uh, when we first got started. But yeah, why Hal Finney? Because for us, Hal Finney sort of represents, I think, what a lot of us should aspire to in several ways. So what's so interesting about Hal Finney is probably a lot of people know that he's the first person to leave a Bitcoin transaction from Satoshi. So that in itself is... But all the work he did up till then, like his pre-Bitcoin work was, you know, reusable proof of work. Um, a lot of things. He was a true, true cypher. It's hard to be a, a true cypherpunk. I know a lot of us aspire to be, we, we can't, but I mean, he's one of the ones that set the bar. So we wanted to use him for that. Um, and a few other reasons, um, what he built. So not a lot of people know this, I don't think, but he, he had ALS. He died of ALS with that muscle. And so in the later years of his life, he, a wheelchair couldn't move his arms, his legs. He used kind of breathing computer apparatus that would allow him to code and write. So he was still coding in his last days without his hands or even his voice. So it's pretty amazing in terms of like con contributing with what you, I think that's very admirable. And then I think the final piece is that, you know, talking about ordinals in a second, he had an original idea. He called them cryptographic trading. So how, you know, was creative, but he's very open-minded. He saw, hey, cryptographic trading cards, wouldn't that be neat? Well, that's sort of today. So I think in summary, how Finney is a true cypherpunk who built things, open-minded yet practical. He was an extremely, extremely nice guy. So I just think like, hey, what kind of Bitcoin or Monero type person do I want to become? I think Hal's definitely up there. Yeah, I mean, he's like, he's the ultimate cypherpunk, right? And I, th I, I think, uh, I, don't, I don't know if, I, I apologize if, if you already said it, but yeah, I think his first tweet with regards to Bitcoin was like running Bitcoin. And then his second tweet, like 10 days later, was looking for ways to add uh, anonymity to, to Bitcoin or privacy to Bitcoin. Um, so, I mean, he, he was on it. He understood the issues from, from the get-go. And he was truly on a mission to build digital cash. Uh, he was right. I mean, he. I think he he sought yeah. for that for that utility. I think that's why he was um, uh, excited about Bitcoin. And for all we know, he he is Satoshi or was one of the uh, Satoshi clan that that started. I mean, right? He was the he was the first guy to receive a Bitcoin transaction from Satoshi. Yeah. Um. Ama amazing individual for all the reasons you mentioned. So yeah, super super cool that you that you did that. And you named it after him. Um. Any, any contact with his family? I mean, obviously, I'm sure you don't want to bother people, but I'm just curious if, like, do they do they know that the Finney Forum is happening? Well, you know, it, it's it's kind of unfortunate because um, so they they were actually robbed. People thought he was Satoshi who controlled all those Bitcoin. They were actually like um, sure. had issues, kind of some crime there and some violence there. So I, we, you know, we're gonna talk about Fran. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm glad you brought up his tweets because his first one was running Bitcoin and then trying to improve privacy. And that's another thing is he showed that it's important to actually run Bitcoin, you know, run a node, being focused on privacy. And so it's almost like bittersweet because more had sort of followed Hal's path of let's improve privacy on Bitcoin. Maybe it would be in a different place today. And I think a lot of like Monero people, privacy people, even Samurai Wallet guys, 
you know, a lot of us think that kind of Bitcoin core wasted a lot of years and, and other people wasted a lot of the protocol sort of um, emphasizing like financial products rather than pure privacy. But you know what? We have Monero, so we have an alternative, which is great. Prove Bitcoin's privacy with Whirlpool or pull, uh, coin joins. So fantastic, man. Fantastic. How are you seeing some uh, some good action or, or what, what are you expecting in terms of attendees? And are people are people paying with Monero for the tickets? Oh yeah, no. People are definitely paying with with Monero. We use BC Pay server, self hosted. So yeah, I mean, we people love. This is what I've learned in the last couple of years: is people love paying with Monero. Like, there's a shortage, I think, where people could really pay with Monero in a way that to them. Um, people might think, well, why why Monero for like a meet space event, right? Um, but the thing is, is as you know, you've done several conferences. People want to protect their privacy, but if you only accept credit cards for these types of events and your real address, your real name, I mean, that's kind of defeats the purpose, right? And so for us, we, we got a lot of enthusiasm for actually accepting Monero and Bitcoin for a conference. There was a, you know, F Denver, it's a big Ethereum conference that happened this weekend in Denver, and there was a big building on Bitcoin conference and I hate to call them out but it's just ridiculous they didn't accept bitcoin for the tickets of credit card and here they're, they're doing this building on bitcoin conference so you know very simple thing we're doing for for our, our conference at monero and not just you know any you know but self-hosted open source and as part of that we're also you know for, for the like the check-in process is you don't need real name you know address you could you get like a, a qr code email and email address uh, that you can share, and that's how we identify. So a lot of conferences don't do that either. Really, kind of require your raise. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, we we do that as well, right? You just you just pay with Monero. Um, what what are you curious? What are you using? You're using BTC Pay Server? What are you using to uh, accept yeah, crypto? BTC Pay Very Server, cool. which has has a couple issues, but you know because we're also doing Monero, or excuse me, Bitcoin, doing Bitcoin mm -hmm. and Monero server that makes a lot more. Yeah, no, it's convenient. very slick. We we use the Monero gateway just because we were accustomed to using that BTC Pay Server. Uh, didn't really exist at the time, or didn't have Monero at the time when we started. But Monero Gateway has worked pretty well for us, and we use uh, WooCommerce for the website and integrates nicely. Yeah. What do you? I'm just. Is that you're using WooCommerce as well, and then yeah, integrated with WooCommerce. Yeah, WooCommerce. It's so funny. WooCommerce just won't die. You know, you would. Think so <laughs> hey, it works, man. It does the job. And so just, yeah. you know, putting this information out there, right? For, for those looking to uh, build a website and accept Monero, it's, it's very easy to do these days. It's not, there's really no challenge. Uh, I haven't used BTC pay server, but I think that's the way to go if you were to start from scratch today. Uh, but Monero gateway is another option. Uh, now payments has a nice feature you can use as well because I, what I like about that is you could accept any crypto and then instant exchange it into Monero so you receive Monero as the vendor. Um, so that's what we use. We use Monero Gateway in combination with now payments built into WooCommerce and it works out well. Yeah, speaking of which, Deverick, Deverick Paulo, he's going to be a speaker. So yes. really excited to have him. I mean, everyone knows. So it's great to have like example of, of a builder, right? As a, So he'll be there. You know what he's uh, presenting on? Do you know what Deverick's presenting on? Uh, you know, we're giving him latitude, but it's probably going okay. to be on Monero tools, basically. Like tools, kind of the things we're talking mm -hmm. about. But pretty much every speaker, I just, I just kind of say like whatever you want in 30 minutes. And I mean, we can oh, yeah, yeah, talk yeah. just to make sure we're on the same kind of page, but like everyone you know as you know like quality speakers you don't need to give them much guidance they, they they're experts and they're passionate about it yep yeah. no you got you got a good yeah good mix man obviously luke parker he's a f 
all-star. We were talking to him last night. We recorded an episode with him last night, um, Monero Talk, because uh, we had a, somebody at ETH Denver, and he just bumped into Luke or found him on Twitter, and Luke ended up jumping on. Man, what a phenom that kid is. He's doing amazing things for Monero. So I assume, I guess he'll be presenting on Sarai or perhaps full membership proofs. Um, yeah, the, the latter. Okay. You know, that, that, that was a f- funny conversation. Luke's like, well, I can talk on both. And we were, he was like, which one do you want me, you know, to talk on? I said, hey, whichever you prefer. And so he's like, well, I'll do that. And then Sarai, maybe I said, how about plugging Sarai at the last minute? He's like, okay, maybe I can do that. So we'll kind of see. But yeah, it's great to have like a really deep technical person. We want kind of to reach every part of the audience. So he's going to be a good one. Yeah. I mean, he, he's doing so much for pushing Monero forward in terms of its technology right now. It's, it's pretty unbelievable. It's just amazing how just, you know, a couple, you only need a couple of amazing individuals to really do so much. We always think like, oh, what can one person do where it takes so many people to move a project forward, but you really only need to attract top people and they really push. So dude, what's your, what's your feel right now? I mean, uh, obviously everybody's going crazy with the, with the bull market and, and Bitcoin land. Uh, well, give us your overall take on things from yeah. you know, your perspective. You've been, you've been in this space a long time. Give it, give us your current take. Yeah. So Bitcoin specifically, you know, Monero is a lot more straightforward. Um, but Bitcoin is, is sort of like a, a really cruel mistress in a way, right? Like it's, it's a cruel mistress. So this, Bull market looks like we're entering into. I'm always have mixed feelings about bull markets. I've been through several cycles and everyone likes the price gains. And I mean, who doesn't, but it tends to bring out some of the worst, right? A lot of arrogance and a lot of rash decisions and poor products, things like that. So I, I just always have mixed. Um, but my overall feeling as well is that those are net good for Bitcoin. People are finally using Bitcoin a lot more than they were. Like people are to buy or not. That's what they're doing. And we were talking about talent. Well, that's bringing a lot more talented developer and investor. So I, I think people are accepting the fact that Bitcoin now, a lot of people know now that Bitcoin fungible or that, that private um, by default, but I, people are realizing, Hey, you can grow the Bitcoin economy by having these digital products. I just think of little products. So it's finally like a better use case for, for Bitcoin. So it's just fascinating. This is done for, and not only, oh, yeah. but like layer twos, like that Denver con is a lot of mm-hmm. like layer two stuff. Basically, Ethereum-type functions on Bitcoin. So that will bring in more talent. You know, Monero... That, it, go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say, and, and how about Monero, right? Now, think, things are interesting with Monero. I mean, it was just delisted from Binance. It's like, it's it's really, you know, it, it's getting beat up in the corner, right? It's 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 like Rocky right now. question is, is, is it is it going to fight back? I mean, it feels like it already has, but yeah. curious what your take is on, on, on that. Yeah, Monero is so... Um, it's just hard to kill. It's a cockroach, right? It's so resilient that it's just, it fills a niche in the market that no other coin, you know, fills very well and pretty early on in that. So it's just so resilient. You know, Monero doesn't keep me up at night at all. It's been Bitcoin. that. So and in terms of Monero, it's it's interesting to see the conversation that happened. Like, what about Monero having ordinals, right? Like Mordinals. Mm-hmm. Mordinals, yeah. And it was so fascinating to watch the debate. It has to be private, but if you know, add ordinals, that's going to decrease the privacy, but oh, it could bring more transactions to Monero and this and that. So I just, I love seeing that, that really smart debate that we've had about 
seeing the success of them on Bitcoin, but are they right for Monero? Yeah, which just reminds me, part of the uh, Luke, one of the things we were talking about um, was the potential to build smart contracts into the Monero protocol, private smart contracts. And Luke's saying how it, theoretically it's it's possible to do. In fact, there was like a proposal for it, but probably just doesn't align with the Monero vision of being uh, digital cash, in, even though like that wouldn't necessarily get disrupted, but just interesting to to realize that these things these things can be can be done what do you what do you think of that because you know you i i i i often do hear you talking about things like ordinals on bitcoin and the interest in that and i agree those are very interesting concepts and there's a lot of things that can be done there but in terms of monero itself do you um do you think Monero is going about things the right way in terms of culturally where everybody is aligned with this mission of digital cash first, not like, like not even trying to put messaging into it or something, are you like, which we're seeing in Zcash where uh, I, don't, I don't know if it already exists, so we'll be adding a way to send messages with transactions, uh, but just, just things like that. Do you think Monero's current mission of being really zeroed in on just only being the best form of digital cash is the way to go? Or uh, do you think Monero needs to consider other potential features and, and utilities as it grows? Yeah, I personally think Monero's doing exactly should. And I, I agree with Monero community members. I just think it's so rare to have a good privacy that has relative liquidity. And you could always have a new coin that has learned from Monero's design and get make it better. But... Um, yeah, it's just, it's such a unique case that I, I, I think I'm like most people are very conservative about adding anything else. Um, there, I mean, I would love to preserve the privacy and have more to right? Because that will mm-hmm. just expand the use case, bring more people in. But at the end of the day, I think most people don't want to go that route unless you could really come up with a way can maybe others can of like anonymous ones or just anything like a way you know it's actually kind of amazing how i don't want to signify but how many people in monero kind of have the same vision and maybe yeah. it's just because of the use case that everyone's like look I, I can use bitcoin i could use ethereum but i want monero to think i don't want it to do anything so maybe that's why it's so yeah and i and i think i think the uh the quote-unquote leaders in the space from early days that did a really good job with kind of setting the culture, right? And saying, you know, th- this is the mission of Monero. And if you're coming into this space, if you're coming into this this protocol, this project, just be known, this is this is what we're interested in, this is what we're working on. And I think a lot of people, you know, it's it stuck, right? Even with the... Uh, with the meme of, of don't buy Monero, right? Like, uh, that, that was, that was pretty harsh at yeah. the time. And I think at the, t- it was a real, you know, it, it, it really forced the community in, in the right direction. Yeah. Um, a lot of times so. you don't need to attract the right people. You need to repel the wrong people. And, um, I think, you know, the, the different organizations that don't like Monero, different things, maybe even governments that don't like Monero. Um, you know, as we know that, the governments, when they don't like something, they try to infiltrate it and break it up. It has been done for thousands of years. And so I'm always kind of on the lookout for who's trying to infiltrate Monero. Are there any specific people? Are there any organizations that are, you know, in the chicken? And they, I'm sure they are, but they seem to not have gotten very far. Whereas definitely Bitcoin, I think we could assume pretty safely that, you know, they, they have made a dent, think they've made a dent, but it seemed to, to be so in Monero. Yeah. I mean, I think there's a large attack surface. Monero's done a job at foreseeing these attack surfaces, preemptively trying to uh, not having a transparent ledger 
and the mining network itself, you know, ASICs like that. We'll, we'll see. I mean, maybe maybe Monero really hasn't been tested yet, right? Uh, yeah. we, we will see. Uh, it seems like, like you're saying, that their current strategy choke off the on-ramps and up. Beyond that, not sure what else to do other than that. And does, you know, does the game theory work out where uh, that actually becomes a good thing for Monero, allowing continue to evolve, cut off from the fiat system, so everybody that's using it, uh, and KYC to AML grows and learns how to how to be a beast on its own without being connected to the fiat system. Yeah, I think so. I think that's safe too, to be that way. And I think partly why Monero hasn't been overtly attacked, like we saw Tornado Cash, I mean, was. And I think you would say that Monero has been tested when they try to do like that, like specifically um, tries to go after the developers of Monero, says that use Monero. They haven't done that yet. And if they do, that would be, I think, the, and... I th- people like to point to like darknet markets for Bitcoin or for Monero and say, look at that. And it's a sign of like a good uh, privacy coin. But it's kind of interesting when you look at the big cyber crimes like North Korea, Russia, Iran, scammers, you know, in the U.S. there's lots of scammers. And you look at those true cyber crimes and the ones that ha- that really move have a lot of money, like $50 million, $10 million, most of them you know, like ransomware. So specific example, let's think of ransom. A lot of ransomware, they accept Bitcoin. It's like, well, wait a minute, Bitcoin is traceable and this and that. Oh, absolutely. But a lot of these crimes are by nation states or backed by nation states or nation states look the other way. And so they kind of don't care um, that people know it's them. They just move the coins fast enough to kind of get them back home. So, And so it's kind of interesting because it sort of fills an interesting niche where people who use Monero, like we're not criminal you know it's it's not like if monero dominated in cybercrime then that what i think would be a big problem and really aggressiveness from from the state but i think monero if people don't like me saying this but because monero really isn't crime coin like the big crime crime coin then i think it's just not quite a threat they don't like monero they wish it didn't exist but i think because major cybercrime really just uses bitcoin or or tether actually tether is a big one that i think it, it, it sort of fills this nice niche where regular people like us can still use monero but not it be like big target on the back so let let these cyber criminals keep using using bitcoin because they're not going to outlaw bitcoin so it's an interesting time we'll see if that changes but so far that's what it is. yeah that's an interesting take um how crazy do you think things are going to get with regards to Monero or maybe regulation? Like you said, they're not they're not gonna they're not gonna ban ban Bitcoin at this point. I mean, it's being fiatized to a degree. Um, but Monero, do you, you know, in, in addition to essentially cutting off the on and off ramps, um, do you think they take it a step further, especially here in the U.S.? How far do you think go? I think we're gonna see. I think we can never underestimate. Or, you know, think that a government's going to be logical in their decision. I'm hoping it won't get much farther than just sort of pushing on the exchanges to delist. And that's sort of it rather than an outright ban like they try to do with Tornado Cash. So I'm hoping that they'll just kind of stick to that. And hopefully they will. I think, again, if, you know, the major cyber crime, some Monero, um, that might change. But I don't know if there's enough liquidity there. And you've got... 30 million, 50 million to move. It's a little bit harder there with Monero, especially not being exchanges. The amazing thing with cybercrime is how many of them use KYC AML exchanges. Now, maybe through like someone else's identity, but that's the other interesting thing is they often use exchanges because they have more liquidity. You know, it's kind of good because it's sort of like they don't use Monero. No, I, I more care about individuals using Monero than like criminals. Like criminals like hurt everyone. But as long as like regular 
regular people just want to protect their privacy. I think that's like a nice little needle that's... Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's beautiful. Adopted. What do you, what do you see as being the next wave of adoption, Monero? Where, where are the people coming from? I think actually a lot will come from Bitcoin now that more people into it. And I think through Bitcoin, they'll get to... Um, simply because it, there's the swaps with Coin Monero is a lot easier. As people learn more about Bitcoin, because a lot of people are brand new to let's face like a lot are brand new. And so I think they just natural flow Monero. And that's like our conference. Like we're hoping to capture some Bitcoiners and come to the conference and be like, okay, I've heard of Monero, but they could really like see it up close, see how it works, talk to others, see it that way. And so that's why for me, some people might like, well, why'd you do Bitcoin and Monero together? That's kind of two different crowds, but it's actually not. I mean, all, all the like Bitcoiners that I know who are into privacy. So yeah, the answer there's, question, there's definitely a Venn diagram there, right? Of, of overlap. Uh, and those seem to be the most hardcore, uh, you know, they're, they're the cypherpunks of, of crypto. Yeah. Sorry, and that's what, yeah. And that's what, you know, Bitcoin provides liquidity. I mean, that's, that's one of the, that definitely provides. And I think if Bitcoin were to be bad for Monero, cause it just doesn't have that to be. So, you know, I think one thing that's missing in like the broader Bitcoin Monero space is like how it fits into the rest of the world and the rest of your life. Like I like what you guys are doing, having the vendors there and the bazaar. I mean, that really helps spread, spread the, so um, I, I think it, it, to me, I think of it increasingly like what else I do, like cyber season. And I hope that will, so I'm trying to answer your question again of what's kind of the next wave of adoption. And I hope it's people who work in cybersecurity who do pen testing, other things like um, DEF CON, right? DEF CON is the largest hacking conference, at least in North America, but they don't accept cryptocurrency or cash, the door or credit card. And that's kind of disappointing because a lot of these- Do they accept credit cards? I thought it was only cash. No, they, they Although, do credit cards now. All respect was lost for DEF CON when I went there in 2021 and they, they required a Vax ID to get in. Yeah, you know, it's just tough uh, when the big conferences, I, I, you know. I was, I was lucky I was lucky enough to, to find one. Oh, <laughs> yeah. really? DEF CON required that? Well, it's not even them. It could just be like the venue, yeah. you know, and that's what's hard when you're at such a big conference. You, you know, you have a lot more at stake and probably they're insur- even insurance. But yeah, so the that point was is- for me, that was like, oh, my God, we, we are doomed. If, if DEF CON has now bowed the knee and is, is, is sitting there and, and logging everybody in with their Vax IDs as they come in, I was like, where? Like, what are you guys even doing here? Like, just yeah. cancel the conference. Yeah, they, they just. Yeah, I, I, I think, you know, it's a tough decision there. I'm glad COVID days are over. But yeah. I mean, like, how do we spread adoption of Bitcoin and even in Monero? It's like, well, how about DEF Conics in Monero? Like, mm-hmm. why don't they? And there's must be some good reason. These cybersecurity conferences and events and pools, like yeah. that is to me makes them. Yeah, I, I see the next wave of adoption also happening just in the larger Liberty community. Mm-hmm. Um, I really feel like, you know, we've done a good job in getting Monero out there or on its own. It's we're finding it, discovering it, realizing it and starting to adopt it a broader see yeah. signs. Yeah. And maybe, you know, worse conditions will drive adoption, you know, you know, worse political. That's, you know, yeah. I, sometimes people require that, that kick, you know, start using. Right, right, right. Kind of like the, the same crowd that runs out and buys guns. You know, they feel like their guns are going to get taken away, right? Um, yep. Might start to see that. And and you're you're intimately familiar with that. You had the Guns of Bitcoin conference. Do you see there being overlap there? Does Monero kind of become the new, uh, the gun of the digital age in, in some regards, where people that, that understand the importance of, of owning a gun in the United States or why it might make sense for them from a liberty perspective, um, do those same people 
uh, wake up to for Monero? The gun community is so weird. I mean, it's, it's huge. I mean, there's more guns than, but, but oh, yeah. the gun community is such a weird thing because there's this big division in the, in the gun world. And it's sort of the first one is like the older gun owners who are like pro national rifles and NRA. They take respect to my older friends. And they tend to not be technologically forward. And then you have a much younger crowd that gun owners um, are pretty disillusioned with kind of what you call mainstream gun culture. And, um, and the younger gun owners, um, you know, in crypto. But even then, I'm still surprised even the younger gun crowd isn't as technical as you might think. Because often they're in the outdoors, um, outdoor sports, things like that, and technologies. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm kind of that way. Like, I actually don't like technology. I really don't, I'm, but I just... I'm kind of that way as well. I'm kind of yeah. that way as well. Yeah, yeah. right? Yeah. So, which is why I love Monero because it's 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 easy to use. At the end of the day, in my I personally find it to use for purposes of cash. Like Bitcoin, yeah, you could go use Samurai and do and jump through all these hoops. Da, da, da. It's one of the reasons why I've been yeah. held by Monero. Yeah, that's it is why, easy. Like, yeah, it's like, and that's yeah. one reason I've never gotten into Ethereum or really anything else because I just don't like the stuff. Right. I just kind of don't like technology. But like you're right, Monero's straightforward. Just figure it out. Bitcoin. So yeah. It's a good crowd. Yeah, yeah, and I, I guess the the guns people are probably more gold, right? It's like guns and gold, right? I would think. Yeah, actually, there is there's a YouTube channel. Uh, uh, I think it's guns and gold or run to guns and gold or something. You can type. Yeah, you're right. I mean, gold is definitely more. Which hey, it's useful, but it's like, come on, guys. I just threw up on the bottom of the screen because you, you were bringing up the things that we do. So yeah, one of the things is we we sell coffee beans for Monero. I haven't plugged that in a while, and I'm bringing it up today because we actually do have new beans coming in, and then we're going to be bringing them to, to the conference. So uh, those of you who have seen seen us at other conferences selling coffee, we're doing that. We'll be yeah, that's a good good product. Coffee. Everyone loves coffee. I mean, it's kind of yeah. like, uh, I, you know, coffee. who doesn't love Monero and, and coffee? Good pairing. I like yeah. That. yeah. So you guys will have that there. People can, can buy it. Yeah, it'll be, very, be cool. very fresh. It's, a, it's a, You know, we have a new batch coming in. I'm onboard so many people using gratuitous. It's it's a fun little trick I like to use called yeah. give them the best coffee they've ever had, and if they want some more, they have to buy it with crypto. <laughs> yeah, and hopefully every month, right? That's the other trick. Yeah, yeah, it's nice. We we got we got some steady customers. It's good. I mean, there's a lot of people that you know are addicted to coffee, unfortunately. Yeah, and and so many coffee brands are just you know their values don't align with a lot of our values, and so it's hard to actually find a you know coffee company that that does sort of yeah. align those. So so people be like, you know what, I can buy another coffee. It's easier, but like, hey, I like Monero and I like want to support it. So it's it's a good pairing. So I'm glad you guys can. Um, all right, man. Yeah. Any any other info you want to get out there? Anything or just in general? Um, no, just, you know, I guess Finiform, uh, go to finiform.com. Uh, our tickets are only $99 still. Um, and then kind of the week of the, those prices will bump up. So I would say get your tickets now at only $99. Um, obviously your team will be there. Our conference uh, agenda is up. So that's also on uniform.com. And uh, if anyone, you know, has any last minute like speaker requests or anything like that, just, just let us know. We're pretty locked in, but you know, we still have some. So looking forward to seeing everyone there, you know, people online, people on Twitter that you get to know. I'm glad, uh, you know, get to meet. Super cool, man. Uh, thanks for everything you're doing. I'm glad, I'm glad we've, uh, you know, been able to communicate in per, well, as close to in person as, as can be. I know we had some miscommunications back in the day and, uh, I'm glad, I'm glad we got over that hump because, uh, there's, there's not many of us at the end of the day that are, are aligned and fi- fighting for, fighting the good fight for freedom techs. Yeah. Abs- uh, good absolutely. Good job. Good job, man. Absolutely. Yeah. Appreciate Cheers. that. 
All right, buddy. Yeah, stick around if you want. By all means, please do if you if you have the time because we're gonna do uh, we'll do viewers on stage at some point and people could ask you questions. But I know I know you might be uh, crunch for time with a, you got a lot going on right now. Yeah, uh, got the conference coming up, so unfortunately, I got to run. Shout out to the sponsors. Yeah, of course, Cake. Right, I think their Cake is a, is a big sponsor yeah. of Finny Forum. Yeah, totally forgot. I'm so sorry, Vic. Yeah, absolutely. Like we we love Cake Wallet. They've been a very excellent sponsor. They're the naming sponsor, Finny. Uh, Cake Wallet is also a sponsor of our previous conferences. So you know, Cake Wallet team, we've been there for us. Um, I think a lot of people like how, what they're innovating on and like how providing real tool for Moneroans as well. So the Cake, Cake Wallet team is going to be out there in force. So people, they're going to have a booth. They're going to have two, two tables there. So visit their table, see what they're up to. It's a good way to like learn how to use their wallet. You know, if you're having any technical questions, they'll be glad Vic. Fantastic. All right, buddy. Thank you so much. All right. Cheers. Have a good day. Thanks. Later, man. Thanks, Ragnar. All right. That was, that was great. Uh, it's coming up fast. Real dude, fast. it is. It's just a week and a half. Jesus. Yep. Uh, right. So do we have do we have dev, dev segment. Uh, do we have like a video or? Uh... I think I saw that being yeah tweet. Do you have it? Where did he? Is it in Telegram? Did you send it in Telegram? Ah, uh, yep, yeah, I found it. Oh, sweet. I'm pulling up. All right, yeah. Let's let's run that. I don't know how long. I think he said it's pretty short. Yep, doesn't look too big. I'll go ahead and cool. run the dev segment. Sweet. And now for the Monero development segment. Okay, hey guys, uh, now that it's time for the dev report. There's not much happening, but I have spotted some a few projects I have updated. So this is a project, uh, getmonero.de. Uh, it's from Magic Rands or Justin Ehrenhofer, uh, aka Samsung Galaxy Player. He has forked a repository called MoneroDocs. Um, if you remember, MoneroDocs.org uh, was a website where you could find things about uh, Monero and how it works, but now the domain is gone and you shouldn't visit uh, this site. Um, instead, visit uh, getmonero.dev. Here you can find uh, everything about how is Monero's crypt cryptography, um, how do I interact with uh, Monero D or the Monero CLI. You get here a documentation with all configurations, uh, things I have look up. You can even look how multi-signature uh, works. So this is a really great resource to develop with Monero and to get more knowledge about it. So the next project um, I wanted to present it to you is a PSST. I think it stands for Polyseed Sharing Tool, um, which uses Shamir Secret Sharing, which is like a algorithm or a protocol on how you can um, save your seeds uh, of Monero and share them with uh, your family and friends, but they cannot restore your wallet because they ha have only a specific part of it. And you need, um, you specify when you create it how many parts you need to uh, reconstruct or restore your seed. So this is really clever. I haven't used uh, that Python project myself, but I have an eye on it. And if there's ever a release, I will um, show it to you. So the next project is a new release for Umbral, Umbral Monero. Uh, it's a project um, of Deverick and Umbral um, is, um, like a home server uh, operating system where you can install Umbral uh, onto your home server or Raspberry Pi. And then you can 
click and select um, several self-hosted applications have on your network. For example, you can install a Bitcoin node. And with Monero node for Umbrel, this is possible for Umbrel as well. I don't think it's in the Umbrel App Store yet, but um, this uh, 1.4 uh, release makes everything ready uh, for the Umbrel App Store. So let's have an eye on it and uh, we watch uh, this if it ever goes live to the Umbrel App Store. So the next update is for XMRIG. Uh, they released a new version last week. It's just a bug fixing uh, release. So there's not much uh, new, but I think it's always good to update um, this software as it adds support for Townforge, which is a game, a, 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 an, um, it's an open source game and it uses uh, the Monero blockchain or it uses uh, a fork of the Monero blockchain. Not sure how it works, but uh, if you are interested, uh, look for Townforge Monero. Then for the Samurai atomic swaps between Bitcoin and Monero, there's a new version in the last dev report. I showed you version 19. So now we have 19 beta, but we don't have any release notes. So unfortunately, I cannot tell you what has changed. And the last project is Feather Wallet that now has released in version 2.6.3. And it fixes a Tails because the version before wasn't uh, able to tell if it's running on Tails or not. And with uh, some improvement is um, you can now um, paste a Monero URI into the pay field. So if you are asking what URIs are, um, these are um, um, like URLs you can specify with uh, different parameters. Like normally uh, it starts here with a protocol so you know uh, which what you are looking at followed by the address, followed by the amount you want to send, and you can even add a description or a recipient name for your wallet. Yep, and that's how um, you can um, you can use this and encode this in QR codes or put it on a button on your website. And this helps that um, you don't have to copy the address and the amount, you just um, click on that link and then your wallet opens and pre-fills all um, the information you get from that link and now you can paste those into Feather Wallet as well. I think this is... Yes, and that was everything for this week. Um, hope to see you guys in again in two weeks. All right. All right. Fantastic. Thank you, Monday, Very cool. Um, great resource. See him again. All these projects. There's, there's so much going on, guys. We this is the year on... for Monero. Like, you only touch on really, yeah. so much of, on it on this show, even though it's four hours every weekend. <laughs> um, but I love it, man. I think everybody else does too. No better place to be than Monerotopia on Saturday morning. Uh, let's keep it going. Do we got we got news? All right. So Tony said he will not be able to make it. So oh, that's okay. okay. I will run you the news. Do, you want to okay do the news first, and then we'll do viewers on stage. Otherwise, it turns into a very long yeah. session. Right? All right. Uh, Go ahead. Let's run new segment. And now for a weekly news segment. There we go. And suddenly, now you can view Reddit. Screw you, Reddit. Uh, 
so yeah, that you can use this to bypass that. Uh, so first, first story of oh, the man. week. Sorry if you can hear that it's being loud with the motorcycle outside. Uh, integration of ETH XMR atomic swaps into a wallet GUI front end deployed to Arbitrum about ten months ago. Athenor Labs released ETH XMR atomic swaps on Ethereum mainnet. However, it has very little liquidity due to poor UX being CLI only, and high fees on Ethereum mainnet making small swaps really expensive, Ethereum gas fees. These things are needed to improve the situation, integration of a GUI interface into a popular GUI wallet, such as Minera Core or Cake Wallet, deployment to ML2 with low fees and high liquidity. Currently, Arbitrum has the most liquidity by far, with Optimist in second, and cheap fees. Those fees about to become an order of magnitude cheaper after the Geekun hard fork of March this year. Second item is pretty straightforward to do since major Ethereum ML2s, all EVM compatible. Have there been any traction, development, and integration of a GUI interface in general? GUI vault for the ETH XMR community. Okay, I think this is more of a question um, than news. Um, okay, okay. Uh, news related, though, I heard talk of MoneroCon having a hackathon, which Monerotopia is looking to do, by the way, too. Actually, when we had Monerotopia last year, Luke Parker was at Monerotopia was saying, hey, we should have a, a hackathon here. He kind of inspired that thinking. And I know MoneroCon, I'm having one. And I think I saw the topic of the XMR topic swaps potentially being part what of the that. hackathon will be about. Yeah, like kind of making it use, right? So nice. Elizabeth, Elizabeth Ethereum, Elizabeth Banks has. has yeah, she's made been working on progress. that for a while, haven't she? Yeah, but I, I guess I guess we need people now to kind of build apps around it or make it more usable. I'm obviously not tech savvy enough to understand, but I, I, my understanding is kind of uh, that's where we're at, right? We you know build out a user interface around the tech. Mm-hmm, for sure. Right. All right. Moving on. Uh, so this is this is interesting. Argentina to regulate cryptocurrency exchanges with executive order. Yeah, what's up with uh, that? The government of Argentina is reportedly preparing to regulate cryptocurrency service providers with an executive order. The measure would be directed to keep Argentina out of the Financial Action Task Force gray list, putting crypto service leaders under the oversight of local securities watchdog. Uh, the government of Argentina is putting its sights on regulating cryptocurrency service providers by an executive order, according to reports from local media. President Javier Malay will be preparing to issue an emergency decree to create a framework that would regulate the operation of these, putting it under the oversight of nationals. Uh, it, would, it would be keeping Argentina out of the gray list of the financial action task force where the country was included from 2010 to 2014 due to its lax money laundering policy. Uh, the upcoming visit of the FATF programmed to assess the country's money laundering countermeasure would be fueling the measure. Uh, so that's, um, well, well, I guess I guess people in Argentina will have to see how that would affect um, exchanges uh, in that industry. But it is a shame that they're sort of like bowing down to. And I mean, it's. Unfortunately, there's a lot of external pressure on, like, especially smaller countries and second world countries from the big countries uh, that control a lot of the world's finances. So, unfortunately, it looks like they're sort of um, falling on that a little bit. Yeah, I'm just bringing up, I'm bringing up a tweet that I sent out this week. Uh, you want to know where a man really stands on liberty, individualism, and the state? Ask him his stance on Monero, or better yet, watch how he... So, uh, Malay, right? I mean, I think we, we all were kind of hoping, thinking, wishing, still, uh, I still am, that, you know, Malay, uh, is what he claims to be, right? An anarcho-capitalist, be very pro, pro-crypto, just viewing it as a tool, money itself as a tool, letting all monies fairly... Uh, but this this is pretty concerning, consi- considering it's an executive order, right? It's coming directly from him trying to implement this to usher in of, usher uh, in these these rules. What's that? It's kind of in direct opposition of to like his his like you know his position historically. Yeah, on, 
uh, recently yeah. on like government like doing stuff with the market. Right. So I mean, and, and I see people kind of explaining why that's the case. Um, but he is, you know, ultimately he's bending the knee here, right? Uh, Gambat says Argentina is being pressured by the FATF, the Financial Action Task Force, which, by the way, we've spoken about them quite quite a bit on this show in various forms. I've been interviewed people talking about them. Uri Bednar was kind of one of the first people to really open my eyes. This association, this global uh, regulatory board that basically creates the, the policy that eventually gets adopted economies. Um, and they're, they're not elected. It's not an elected um and they sit around and they come up with these rules and everybody adopts them because they're basically is basically, you know, a gang and they're, they're telling, you know, if you don't adopt, you adopt these or else. Right. So, uh, this is the situation Malay is basically in and he's bending the knee here. Gone is saying Argentina is being pressured by the FATF in a time where international credit access is key given the imminent and critically needed dollarization. So they're basically forced to play by their rules and he has to take action to move Argentina out of being a, I guess, what do they call it? A gray, a gray market. Yep. Yeah. Gray market economy. If he wants to um, be able to, I guess, uh, move over to the dollar. Um, so he, he's doing it for supposedly that's, you know, the argument as to why he's doing it, which I guess makes sense. Um, so is it, is it, is it good? I don't know. Is, is, is it a necessary evil? Is this what he needs to do to bring his country out, out of the mess it's in? Um, obviously, ideally, we'd like to see him just say, you know, fuck all that. Uh, crypto is money. And just let the bus money win. But he appears to be bending the. It might be a might be a balance move. We'll just have to see how that plays out. But uh... my my ultimate fear with Malay when he when he, you know when he first won I, the theories I was throwing out there is this just unfortunately become a scenario where uh, actually he ends up eliminating kind of the, the black market of Argent policy creates and ironically less to crypto and going in and out of crypto from cash. Yeah. That's, that's, yeah. that's my concern. Um, there's another, I don't know if you have the other article talks about the, uh, I, I had sent it to Tony also, or maybe it's the next one you have on your list. Uh, let me see. Yep. Pull that up. Yeah. Pull that one up. This is also, also related. I don't see. Yes. Argentines have over a hundred billion us in undeclared cryptocurrency and we want to keep it that way right i mean that that's the dream right and but what i'm seeing here is so they're talking about this executive order and that's for purposes of of basically creating a like a bit license right where all any crypto company is going to have to uh have kyc aml all that jazz um and bending the knee to the financial asking task force uh, but there's, there's also, you're seeing movements here and them talking about the need to, or the, uh, they want to, they basically, they want to create an amnesty where people declare their crypto, right? And they're trying to create incentives to get people there. Uh, I don't like that. That does not no. seem like a move in the right direction. We want the complete opposite, it right? Doesn't we seem want like you the to freedom be able- move. We want you to be able to roll in there with your Monero in hand and not have to worry about declaring it. Um, you know, it's your Monero. You have it. Use it as uh, at your will. It's like cash. Um, but they're talking about the potential of uh, forcing Claire, their crypto holding. It's coming from the Melee administration. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. People are more familiar with things in Argentina. This is the, this is what I'm following. This is what I'm saying. So maybe, maybe the whole, um, like pro, like, um, you know, like, freedom money cryptocurrency thing is just to pull more people into like the system because right now the black market argentina mm-hmm. is like is very much out of that exactly which, 
even though like it's a black market, it's actually very, you know, it's free. It's pretty free. Uh, and maybe, maybe this is a case to try and pull people like more into these, uh, these more controlled like ways of doing finances. But Andres is saying they cannot force anyone. Yeah, Andres, pop up if you can for the viewers on stage. You give us your insights into all this. All I know is right now you could go down to Argent or, you know, as of, as of a few months ago when I was there, you could effectively go down to Argent with crypto. You can roll into Aqueva, the caves, and you could swap your crypto local cash. Are, are we so? We'll, we'll have to, we'll have to make a uh, dedicated Mineratopia Quavo. <laughs> Yeah. one there so people can just i know yeah we'll definitely have one there <laughs> definitely definitely all right um so uh this was posted by sir jams a lot yes uh yeah yesterday so um this was pretty last minute but they have decided to have a monero meetup in denver uh so you're sir jams a lot you i think you did a you did a monero talk with him uh a couple days ago right i don't know if that's out yeah we just i just had him on last night um, and actually Luke Parker jumped on cause he was at, <laughs> at the conference and, uh, Seth, um, I forget his name, the other Seth for privacy, well known. And yeah, they, he's doing, he's doing a lot. If you could bring up some of his tweets, Sir Jams a lot has been, is been really, uh, doing a lot to, to help grow Monero adoption with boots on the ground at ETH Denver. He's been there all week, um, onboarding people. He had a Kuno going. He's trying to. He was trying to raise money for that. So I recommend you guys donating to him. He's putting it. He's been there all week. Up. With- yeah, I've, I've been seeing his videos pop up. He's been doing a really good job. Um, just going up to people and asking them about Monero, giving them stickers, giving them a little bit of Monero, showing them how to set up the wallet. Uh, but yeah, wait, they're having. Ahead, oh, you pull something up? No, okay, go ahead. Go ahead they're having a XMR Denver meetup tomorrow at 5 p.m. at that address. Uh, being sponsored by Cake Wallet. So if you're in that area and you want to go chill with some Monero people, go talk about some Monero stuff, some privacy projects, then that's happening. That's super cool that that just came together. So once again, that's, yeah. that's all Sir Jams a lot. He took the initiative. He's out there and he's like, you know what? Let me throw a meetup when I'm out there. We've, we've done that as well. We were very successful with that in Argentina. Uh, and there's thousands of people at East Denver. So it's not that inconceivable to now have a bunch of people show up at this meetup. And yeah, cake as always. Vic, you know, stepped up. He saw the. Uh, I don't know if, it, if Vic reached out to them or he reached out to Vic, but uh, Vic, you know, uh, agreed. I think to, to sponsor this event, which is super cool, off the cuff. Um, but guys, people, uh, if, you know, follow, do the same, do a little Kuno, go to a, go to a local libertarian event in your in your area, and promote Monero. Uh, go to a, go to a conference, go to a crypto conference. Get the word out on Monero. People are very open to it and understanding of it and beginning to realize that, you know, Bitcoin is not private. And they, they, they want, you know, when you explain to them that Monero is what Bitcoin was supposed to be, mo- most people are, are intrigued. Most noobs are intrigued. Are intrigued. Yeah, he seems to do a good job at getting people curious also. Uh, we got Andres in the backstage. Um, should I pull him up and see if he wants to say anything about the Argentinian executive order? Yeah, pull him up, pull him up. This is one of uh, Sir Jams a lot's posts. He tells he tells a story about this girl on Monerotopia. Uh, Monero talks to so tune to that. But yeah, he was onboarding people all week. Andres, what's up, man? How are you? Can you hear me okay? Yeah, you're good. You're good. Cheers, Great. brother. It's been a while. It's been a while. It's been a while. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so what do you what do you think? What do you think about this Malay situation? Is he not uh, a Monero man? I I always so, sound like a. I'm running the ringing the party with with Milay takes from abroad, 
But I mean, if he, if he does half of what he says he's gonna do, it's it's, it's gonna be amazing. Okay. But uh, with regards to crypto, I don't think it's a crypto president. I think it's a uh, with all. If we are lucky, it's a libertarian president, but it's not a crypto. And and what I mean by that is that I don't think he's like pro crypto above everything else. I think he spoke several times about the liberty or the freedom of currencies. He's not even saying uh, dollarization directly. He's very careful about that because dollarization, dollarization would, would mean that we basically get rid of the peso officially and the government adopts US dollar, uh, which is sounds super stupid to clarify that here on this kind of program, but some people still think that it means something else. Okay, so if you officially dollarize, I mean, the government has in charge of getting enough dollars to dollarize the economy. Uh, basically, the U.S. has to give the dollars to them. And that's the whole the, the way it works. We replace it. And what Millet has already said is... Okay, are, there more, are... are there more U.S. dollars in Argentina than, like, anywhere else in the world? Probably, the probably, yes. Probably <laughs> even more. No, I think... I, I, I never remember. I should, I should look that I up. Russia but I think... Too. Yes, I think we were, like, third okay. in the podium... Uh, after Russia, like the U.S., Russia, and then Argentina, uh, which is crazy if you take into, into account the, the size of our economy, uh, which is not super small, but it's not super big by any standards. So, yes, but basically that's what you get. I mean, besides the dollarization thing, uh, what Malik has said is freedom of, uh, of, of choosing your own currency, right? So yeah, yeah. supposedly the government is going to raise all the barriers on, and all the limitations for you or for any other private party to make contracts in whatever coin you want. You want to use Bitcoin, you want to use Monero, just do it. Um, for example, I, I was doing uh, yesterday an episode of the Café Monero with a lawyer specialized in crypto in Argentina from the Bitcoin Argentina NGO. Oh, um, cool. one of the things, yeah, um, maybe you should, you should get him. Maybe, maybe be a good speaker the show. For, for the conference, but yeah, go ahead. Ah, go for, ahead. for sure. That for sure. Mm. Um, and I think you, maybe you even met him when you were here at LabitConf. Okay. Uh, yes. He was on the, on our first Monero meetup. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cafe, yeah. 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 The tall, tall guy, tall guy. Yes. A tall guy. Okay. Yeah. Um, so uh, basically, uh, that. That would be nice because the way the, the law worked before, for example, you could have a, a contract made in Monero, right? But uh, if the contract was not fulfilled, uh, a judge would say basically that, well, okay, since the guy cannot pay you in Monero, you can pay the other guy back in pesos for the whatever amount of Monero that the judge believes is fair. Mm -hmm. So that's a big risk, especially when you have an economy based on pesos, which is a very lousy currency. So nobody in real life, nobody wanted to either sign or make a, a, a contract on Monero. So now with the proposed changes, let's suppose from the decree, and so far so good. I mean, so far it's been applied. Um, the, right. So, the so if you have a contract, contract Monero, ahead, the other guy has to give you the Moneros. Basically, that's, that's, if you make right. a job arrangement and you, your your employer is going to pay you in Moneros, the employer has to pay you in Moneros. <clears throat> and that's a big, it sounds like a very subtle thing, but no, it's believe big. me, it, it's, it's super big. Um, no, but course, about, about the like... Um, fights the decree, so it still remains to be seen that if that becomes like a very fixed law and lasts for years. But that's the same with everything else. And the same with this um, supposed executive order to regulate exchanges. For what I've been told, for people close to the subject, 
well, it's the same thing that happens with, with centralized exchanges abroad, right? Some of them are more than willing, are eager to get more regulation. Of course, regulatory because capture. They see, yes, they see the business growing. Some of them are not. Some of those are, 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 are run by old crypto that wants something. But it's, a, it's an ongoing fight. Uh, I, don't see, I don't see much future on that fight. I think if Argentina comes a little bit out of poverty and get a bit more into a serious country, economic-wise, it's going to for sure come, come with all the regulations. KYC, AML. Mm. Uh, you have experienced it, it firsthand when you were here. Things are pretty so, free. I mean, as long as you manage in cash, <laughs> you're pretty off the hook with everything that you want to do. Either uh, earning uh, from your job uh, in black, so to speak, and also um, spending a life. Uh, and live in cash you can do, do that you, pretty easily do you see him potentially uh eliminating capital gains tax on crypto transactions so treating it like like money so obviously so the, the, he's taken the step and, and allowed it to, to be used in, in contracts right like uh yes. you know like any other legal tender but see it potentially so actually far, treating it like cash from a tax so far, perspective we had last night we had the like the state of union at the beginning of the and so far he's been pretty consistent uh, on his ideals or the things that he says is going to apply. So in that regard, if I had to bet, I would bet that, yeah, crypto eventually becomes money. Uh, wow, capital. that would be amazing. That, that, would, that be would be amazing, amazing. right? Uh, on one side. On the other side, uh, if it's considered like cash, I don't see why they are not going to try to get as much uh, into the white as possible. It's one thing that you became rich because you are holding crypto and it's okay just use your earnings in the in the economy right <laughs> make it make it better it's another thing for him to say that he's against taxes because the tax is theft and it's robbing you of your property mm -hmm. uh, so it makes sense for him to try to eliminate as much taxes as possible but that doesn't mean that he's okay with the black market so well that yeah that's so that's my, my next question do, do you think my theory is correct in that like at the end of the day, if if all if things work out for Malay and what he's he's trying to achieve, um, that the black market will be greatly reduced, if not kind of gone. My nuanced response would be that yeah, but I think you're right. But it will really depend on ne the next uh, election because I think I think because basically all that uh, is sustained. It's the same with the we call here blanqueos. I don't know how how they're calling it. When you basically allow people that have black money to say, okay, your money is white again. You just have to pay the government a, a amount, a percentage of that. Um, so there were some experiments in the past. And what everybody is looking is, okay, you are giving me that, that option. We have a really huge black market. Forget about crypto. It's just cash. But it's the same for crypto. We are For the next two months, we are allowing everybody that got rich from having Bitcoin 10 years ago to basically make it legal and put it on your local exchange or whatever and pay taxes. And perhaps you are super eager to do that because you have so much money because you were like very lucky Argentinian from 10 years ago and you want to buy a house, which is a registered property. So basically, where did you get your money from for the house? <laughs> it's not the same as, as buying a stake. Okay. Mm -hmm. So many people, many people, when they see that, they are a bit scared. They don't, they, they don't just jump into the opportunity and say, yeah, let's make all our money white. <laughs> because, okay, maybe it's okay with you, but who's going to win the next election? 
I'm going to be prosecuted for that. Uh, they're going to raise my taxes a lot because of that. I'm suddenly I'm like a rich person. So I, I have a, a, a new tie, uh, a new level of taxes that I have to pay. I have to pay on my on my super, um, on all the money that I have because it's yearly, yearly tax on my money. So people are very suspicious. So so I think here now we are seeing like the bad part. We have a, like a full-blown recession, mm -hmm. inflation going through the roof and recession at the same time. So almost everybody is losing money or losing purchasing power very fast, very, very fast. Things are not looking. But if we get through this part and can we start to pick up, and he does well in next election, that will be sent, that will send like a very strong message, not only to the world for investment, also for Argentina and also that it's okay. It's okay. We can bring money back into the country. We can make money back into the white because it looks like the majority of Argentinians are ag agree that this is the path forward. Mm. Remember that now he's like elected with like a 60% of the votes, whatever. He mm -hmm. made like a great election, but he has very few um, a congressman, deputy on the Senate as well. So for everything that is like a fixed law and it's going to last, he needs a lot of, of either win in the next elections, a lot of seats or get a lot of, a lot of support from other parties. How about this idea that he potentially trying to get everybody to disclose? Good luck. But it, it, do you think they're going like, to try to try to do that? I think, I think he will try to do that. Yes, for sure. For sure. I don't know. But it's not. It's nothing new. The the last government that had like a like a right leaning kind of thing uh, tried that. He had like a very successful uh, blanqueo, and um, many people did because they were on the fences or on the side, and they wanted to actually buy property or buy cars or whatever. And they 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 took the opportunity for. But I don't think that that moves that much the needle of how much money we need in the in the in the white economy. Um, I think it's a it's a gesture towards let's let's make it all <laughs> in the clear. But I people, it's cultural. It's been many 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 years of not trusting the government with disclosing. Mm -hmm. So it's very ingrained. It's like people. It's like the banks deposits in the US. Right. It's like banks are the safest place that you can put your money in. And here is like that's not true. It happened more than once. <laughs> that, right that, that that's that's why there's they're so you know that's that's yeah. really the mission the mission is for them they're trying to uh eliminate the black market and get everybody their asset i feel like that that's what that's the ultimate uh mission that's happening they i don't cannot, know they, uh, they can they cannot force people that's what i that's what i yeah. i don't see much success on that what i mm -hmm. do believe is that yes the cultural um, the culture of having your own money and having your money like hidden in your house in stack of dollars or whatever, or having crypto and not declare, that's very powerful. We mm -hmm. don't trust, nobody trusts, no government. But what I've seen is that, yeah, that is not like a ideological stance so much as we would like to believe. It's only practical. It's like, okay, the, the, I mean, I lost all my, my money on the, in the bank 10 years ago. I'm not putting my money back in the bank again ever. And then you say, well, that looks like a, an anarcho-capitalist. No, they've just been robbed and they don't want the same thing to happen to them twice. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. if they make it practical, what I'm, going, what I'm going for is that if they make it practical, if they make it enticing, if they start like making it a bit more uncomfortable to, to deal in the black market, if they start mm -hmm. to not releasing any new bills 
So when you yeah. try to pay 20,000 pesos, you have to bring a stack like this. That I totally see working because I'm mm, seeing this working daily, daily the past five years a lot, a lot. Now everybody takes QR code payments with, uh, with FinTech pro payment processors here. Everybody. Mm -hmm. And oh. one of the reasons that the government has been, the past government, so far this one as well, has been very protective of not having those popular, it's like WeChat in China, right? Those popular apps like Mercado Pago, having crypto on it is because all the, all the financial instruments like uh, funds and that, that you can invest inside of those, those um, apps are based in pesos. They pay a lot of interest, but they're based in pesos. The moment that you give even USDT inside of those apps that everybody uses, <laughs> I think the peso goes even lower. And even faster because those apps are used I, by I, everyone. I think, you I can, think Malay you can... mar marks the end of cash. Gonna... I've seen people asking for money in the street with a QR code. Mm -hmm. See, so like that's, as, what, as bet, I think it's, that's it's, the it's, real it's, enemy. That's, that's the real enemy. Yeah, it's ironic, right? Because I mean, uh, you know, the, the fiat has has destroyed destroyed the country in, in many ways, uh, but. The, the the silver lining is there. Every it was a cash economy, and everybody was in cash. Um, and now I feel like that's going to go away. Yeah, we sh we shall see, man. We shall see. Uh, obviously, Andres is boot boots on the ground, and we'll be uh we'll be paying very close attention to this because we have Minerotopia down there, and I'm sure uh, maybe we'll get some people to come talk on on Tuesday at the conference. Look, just just to, to say like a brief thing about that. For example, mm -hmm. because it gives you the idea. I know that from uh, Germany is very cash-based. Okay, they have other historical reasons to be cash-based. They don't want the government to have a registry of every citizen. They want to. They they know that it's bad when a centralized power has almighty knowledge of what the citizens do all the time. Okay, here it's practical. We don't have that ideological background. Right. Nobody right, got right. got got prosecuted for whatever they are spending in. Right. Or right. or ostracized we are very like racism is not a thing here for example there are like minorities that we persecute or whatever it's a pretty in that regard it's a progressive country so we are not oppressing people we are not persecuting people why people use that much gas because they don't want to pay taxes because taxes are so high even small businesses and all that that is impossible it's literally impossible to pay all the taxes that you are required to pay <laughs> it's over sometimes if you do the right math it's like over a hundred percent so so crazy that's why the black market economy works that much and people use cash that much because many businesses have to use cash and not give you like an invoice for your purchase but let me think with me again here what happens if Milei does what he says he's gonna do and lowers the taxes a lot yeah this this is what I'm saying. This is I know I totally agree. this is it's all moving towards yeah. eliminating cash, eliminating and the black market. That would be market. a very liberal thing to do. Is they say okay, taxes are bad. It's okay. Let's get rid of mm -hmm. some taxes and make it yeah. more comfortable and make it more payable. And then suddenly you have a lot of commerce that says I don't want to deal with cash. It's a lot of cash. It's cumbersome. Mm -hmm. I have to have keep change. Just pay virtual. And then even if Malay doesn't care, next year, in two years, in four, in whatever years. He lost, he loses again, and we have like a very controlling government, and then you have everybody running on digital money. It's not even, you don't even need a CBDC for that. Interesting. It's just, yeah, I, I, I agree with you on that. Do you this, think in so, some way uh, it could be like a sneaky, uh, a sneaky compliance, right? Like we're going to kind of make things easier, but really we're doing that just so people can get back in the, uh, the, uh, 
government sanctioned fiat system. Yeah, they're they're currently opted most people are currently opted out of the system right now, which is where we want to be as anarcho capitalists. And ironically, <laughs> the anarcho capitalist, first ever anarcho capitalist to be elected to a major currency, is going to eliminate the the parallel economy that exists. <laughs> but look how, how weird it is know. because many people were were afraid I'm against dollarization of the economy, right? I don't think we should solve our monetary problems by adopting somebody else, um, even if they are less worrisome than, than ours, okay? Uh, but many people were, like, happy when they, they voted for Millet because they were going to get rid of the peso and make, uh, put dollars again. And some people were really afraid. People were buying USD at the black market at whatever rate before the elections because the peso was going to, to the floor, whatever. Now you have recession and inflation. But for the past two months, the value of the USD has gone down against the peso for the first time in I don't know how much time, okay? Mm. And you hear both things that people mad because, yeah, basically everybody that had some kind of saving put that saving, saving dollars. into U in dollars. So now it's mm. getting more expensive to, to have saved. It's very weird. It's very weird. So you don't know what people are going to prefer, right? Because in theory, you say, you want your currency to be strong? For sure. You have all your savings in a, in a less strong currency. Um, well, maybe not not that strong. You know? <laughs> so, so, but on paper, it's the same that should happen if everything works okay, right? Yeah. yeah. So it's we are living through weird times. Crazy, all right, man. Crazy. Thanks, Andreas, for that. Andreas, greatly appreciate it, and uh, we'll be in touch, man. I want to reach out to you. You know, have a comment about from the uh, South Monerotopia conference. Um, all right. All right. <laughs> let's let's move on that with the amazing. news that was really good yeah glad we have our own uh insider all right so uh this understandably made a lot of people in the monero community pretty uh pretty not happy uh so coin gecko put out this tweet top privacy blockchains by market cap and there's monero we've got these other smaller ones uh i don't know how much privacy they actually give you but i sort of privacy blockchains we've got mina oasis lf dusk secret and iron fish monero is should be number one. It, it is the number one privacy blockchain by market cap. Uh, and of course, they've just conveniently just left it out. Uh, and well, of course, everyone's so, calling so them the out argument I'm hearing is that like the terminology was meant to be something else, like that they're distinguishing privacy blockchain. But Monero is a privacy blockchain. Like, is there yeah. some, did, the, did the things should, is, <laughs> I didn't get the memo. I thought. I thought Monero and was even, a blockchain. Funny enough, even Zcash, even Zcash was left out. Uh, and it should have been yeah. like number two or three. I don't know any of these. I mean Oasis, I guess I've heard of. Uh, Mina. Do you know Mina? What it no. is? Do you know? No, I haven't I haven't looked into it. What any are of these. these things? Are these are these no even idea. like they're are they like decentralized blockchains? I mean what what are, are they like built on like freaking other blockchains or built on Ethereum or something? <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> like it makes no sense. So who owns CoinGecko? Like what's going on here? What's it, what's it, what are they trying to achieve by doing this? By pretending some interesting things exist. to look into, but they really did just kind of pull this out of their ass just like, "Oh, privacy blockchains. Here you go, guys." Maybe they're just engaged engaging engaging engagement farming right like uh trying to possibly put, yeah i'm sure i'm sure this thing got a ton of hits because of it i was like what monero so yeah monero the the m the m crypto you can't talk about the m crypto it's for it's only for bad people so you can talk so, about mina. yeah me, yeah sorry mina <laughs> not not the other one not the other one uh, mina's the good m uh, Minatopia, baby Right. Uh, so this is from Riot. I literally found a place where you can buy Monero in Niagara Falls. So many people regurgitate what they see on the news about Canada, but I've never seen something like this in the USA. Yeah, is this is this real? Is this like that's awesome? 
So I guess there's this little shop he found on the Canadian side of Niagara Falls uh, that just has this giant sign that says Monero buy here. And they have have an ATM. An ATM. Yeah. Look, it's got Monero. Pretty awesome because I still like in the U.S. This is just like Monero has been so demonized in the U.S. Even though it's not illegal. There's not any Canada. In Canada, I thought it was even more quote unquote. I honestly, I thought so too. But um, you can buy. It's legal to buy Monero on an ATM in Canada. I wasn't aware of that. And is I wonder if it's, is it KYC? I, I mean, there's probably some, K, like, they'll probably, they'll make you use a phone number, right? And some of them mm. ask for an address, but a lot of the times, uh, you, you might, you know, not saying you should, but maybe, maybe you can. It's a possibility you could put in some random information. One of the, one of the first projects I started working on in the Monero space, we got, we had a little test thing going was selling gift cards for Monero. You could buy a gift card at a store for, with cash, obtain Monero. I still think that's a great idea. Rates are horrible. Heard, yeah. Any Bitcoin I've ATM I've used, the rates are just absolutely, they're like practically scams. Um, and here yeah. you can only get Bitcoin. You can't get like, like you know, go into your local 7-Eleven and buy a Monero card with cash. We'll, we'll get there. We try, I tried to do it back in the day and I honestly yep. just didn't want to yep. deal with the regulations here in New York. So it, sc- it scared me off. We even printed out the, the cards and we built a little test for it. We kind of balked at it based and I was going to try testing. Yeah, I know broader I do, US think, isn't that bad, but New York especially is very hostile. Yeah, to, the to bit the license, you know, it'll be a money transmitter. Um, yep. But I, I do think there is a niche to get away with it. All right. Uh, so next here we've got uh, from Trocador app. We're proud to announce our newest feature. They have this AML scanner. Now, regular users can check the AML risk of funds they have received. No more staying in the dark and only find out their dirty when they get an exchange. Uh, because with regular cryptos that aren't like Monero, the privacy or uh, fungibility, you can get dirty coins. You can get tainted coins that came from some like a terrorist or whatever, supposedly, right? Whatever the whatever the random reason. Uh, really, the terrorist was just too disgraced. Uh, uh, they have that That's... built in now. That's super cool that they built this check. So I guess it uses a chain. They pay for chain analysis because I guess they have to for their own compliance. I mean, what's I, I would love to interview that tool. I imagine they're paying for. It. Yeah. Um. So yeah, they're obviously they're checking the funds. They're getting this data from somewhere, of course. I don't know if they say directly right here where it comes from. It's got to be coming from a chain analysis company. I guess they personally are use are using themselves so their own regulation, right? Yeah, I, I guess so. You can check an address or transaction. Okay, so you can you can pay to get credits to check individual transactions. But if you're swapping on their platform, you'll go ahead and automatically see that once you receive the funds. It'll tell you. It'll give you the the rating. No, wait. Does, does Tro- is Trocador the one that kind of taps into multiple exchanges or it's its own? That's correct. Trocador is the aggregator. Right. So they, they right. have like tons of different um tons of different swap services that they they work with right so they're not actually even doing this right they're just kind of they're facilitating it on behalf of other third parties right and then they're going they're going through existing yeah they go through they look through a bunch and they give you try to give you the best rate out of many different services right but but from a functional standpoint like monero isn't going from you know from user to them into it's just go they're just they're the Monero, Monero sent to be exchanged there is going in exchange. They're, yeah. Yep. I guess they're, they're not a... I the believe so. Man, yeah. No, yeah. Just a, no. That wouldn't make it's, sense it's, for them to do. Yeah, 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 obviously. Yeah, so it's 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 a really interesting approach that they're taking. Yeah, and I'm, um, how... Yeah, pretty cool. All right. Uh, so I'm sure, sure a lot of people saw this. Adam Black's history, uh, email history with Satoshi Nakamoto. Uh, this was put out last week. 
there's some interesting stuff that came out of this. Um, I'm, I'm sure you saw a lot of people who were suddenly not uh, not pleased with the fact that Satoshi was four big blocks, which is kind of mm-hmm. hilarious. Um, and there's this one specific video I want to pull up if I can uh, that I just think uh, says a lot. There was a uh, reference. I don't know. Eliminate. Don't talk about the fact that. Oh, uh, somebody like, saying that. Uh, yeah, I don't relevant. know. No, it was like Satoshi. Oh, Satoshi. Like, tell- yeah, like telling them who, who uh, the guy he was communicating. With. I don't know if it was this email batch or another one. It was that uh, young guy he was communicating with that was kind of helping the website take down anonymous. <laughs> like we don't want. We don't want. We don't want to. Yeah, they didn't want to like thought, have it killed for being like a criminal yeah, thing before yeah. it even like became a thing. Uh, but unfortunately, yeah. now it's completely the opposite. It's gone yeah. the opposite direction, uh, all the way. Um, so yeah, there's there's people who are uh, so this video this video is kind of weird. Um, this guy's like ranting about the fact that people are speculating on Satoshi, uh, and I think it's related to people are people are not happy about what Satoshi has been saying in these emails. So now they're moving into a direction of kind of just discrediting him as like, oh, Bitcoin's bigger than Satoshi. Like they worshipped him before, and mm. now it's like, oh, Bitcoin's it's different. Satoshi couldn't have envisioned what it would have been ten years later, kind of. There's just just general like change of yeah, like yeah. it's it's yeah. Uh, 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 watch the cope. I mean, just kind of a little disheartened by the Bitcoin community, to be totally. Um, you guys gotta stop speculating. You gotta stop that. So fiat of you, childish. It's fuck. <laughs> it's it is. I mean, it's it's so fiat. You sound like a bunch of frat brothers um, trying to social climb up the curve. Um, you gotta cut that shit out. It's so childish. It's also extremely fucking dangerous. Um, it's extremely dangerous. I know my parents have had the pleasure of getting a Fran Finney, Hal's wife. Um, it is terrifying the amount of shit that she's had to go through even before this. It is so dangerous to put someone in that position to be the creator of Bitcoin, potentially its first trillion. And then on top of that, just the disrespect to the guy or girl or they group, whatever, that clearly only wanted one thing. They only wanted to be an honor. Clearly. When did Satoshi Nakamoto ever, ever ask for anything else from us, right? Bitcoin was a gift to enrich humanity. And shitcoin are to enrich a small group of people, right? That's the whole thing. If this was a shitcoin, and it was, you guys want to go smear and attack Vitalik? I'm never really for destruction of another human. But if someone's launching something to enrich themselves and you think they're being malicious or deceiving, that's that's a totally different ballgame. This person gifted humanity with something. And everyone listening to this podcast probably gained an immense benefit from it. And the one fucking thing that they wanted is to just be left alone and just be left anonymous. And none of us have bulletproof evidence. And so all you're doing is disrespecting this person that gifted us something so incredible. You're endangering other people and you're acting like fucking fiat. So that's our funny, funny clip of the day. Uh, Thank you, Mr. Soapbox, for uh, <laughs> suddenly bashing everyone for speculating about Satoshi just because uh, the general Bitcoin ethos does not agree with a lot of Satoshi's recent comments, which is hilarious. They're, it they're was constantly all... <laughs> treating things like a religion and yeah. not like a yep. technology. Yeah, right. I think this is, uh, yeah, we got just a couple more. This is from the European Central Bank. 
Bitcoin has failed to become a global decentralized digital currency, instead falling victim to fraud and manipulation. While I agree with the first half, the recent approval of an ETF doesn't change the fact that Bitcoin is costly, slow, inconvenient, um, whatever. People really care about the European Central Bank. Pretty funny that they came out. Uh, so, sh- like, <laughs> Bitcoin has failed. Yeah, obviously. Ironically, part of that's true. Bitcoin has kind of failed its original mission. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When you, when you, when you read the write-up, it's like all the things we kind of say, right? It's, it, they basically are saying it has no utility. It's just speculative. And to, to I mean, yeah, that's right. to a large point. That's <laughs> that's true. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but what what they do, like, what, if you read the uh, the notes down here, right? So what what they're being criticized for? They're, pro- they're basically saying Bitcoin. Is- only used for speculation. There's has two use cases. One spe- speculation is ninety percent of it, and the other use. And yeah, that that part dumb. Given chain analysis is calling out here, or this fact down here that it's actually uh, uh, yeah, as far as they. Know. Most crimes are uh, are done using fiat currency, so that means we should get rid of fiat, right? Because it's dangerous to people. It's dangerous to uh, society. Which that statement is actually true. <laughs> All right. All right. Got. Um, we've got. Let's see. There's a couple more. Um, here's a quick new feature in Cake Wallet. Uh, well, it's just kind of an adaptation to an existing feature. Now, when you put in somebody's handle for whether it be X or the Noster Nip 5 or Mastodon, it'll pull up uh, like a little profile for them in a nice way. That's for that. Yeah, so a very simple change, but it makes it uh, mm-hmm. I don't know, just more personable, nicer to use. I don't, I don't use the... Um... The Twitter pay thing enough. I got to start. It's a pretty sweet feature because uh, all you have to do is just put in you yeah. know their handle. It's like oh, it's there, and now now it shows uh, the profile picture, so you can further confirm that it is actually the right person. I, I got to say, I did tell Vic this. <laughs> I, can throw, I can throw that out there. I, I have the message. You got. I'll bring it up. I'll bring it up on screen on Telegram. Uh, but I think it's great. Are we, are we seeing adoption of it? I mean, it's it's really quite slick. Yeah. Um. I don't have. I don't know exactly how many people are using it. Um. But I certainly do if I if I need if I donate to someone who's who's on like X or or Noster, yeah. um, and I know other people use it. And Vic, of course, Vic uses it a lot. So it's always trying to get Take people that. to put their uh, address in their profile. The uh, the the Venmo of crypto, super private from the Venmo. This cake is becoming sway. And then we've got trading volume on Cake Wall is insane. People picking up XMR like it's going out of stock. So I'm guessing that has to do with uh, buys on DFX and then also swaps. So yeah. Monero's hot right yeah. now. Monero's hot. Yeah, Vic must be loving the, these delistings, right? I mean, they uh, it's pushing people. Cake is becoming the you know the easiest way to to ape into Monero to grab some Monero. And of course, uh, this this might partially be why we're seeing a a difference between the local like a bigger difference in local Monero street price versus like Kraken's price. Uh, it's mm-hmm. been a little bit larger uh, than it, it has been historically. So, yeah, uh, I think I think Tony is trying to come up now, <laughs> but uh, we've uh, hey, what's up, Tony? I think we did all the news. Tony, hey guys, <laughs> what's going on? We're, we're not we're... start we're not starting from the beginning, Tony. I'm sorry, we're not doing it. Oh no, that's fine. That's, <laughs> no, that's fine. Kidding. That's perfect. What's up, man? Um, no, so you guys still. Actually, I left live on, and then when I came back inside, because I had to do some mud work, I was hearing people, and I was like, who's in my house? And then I forgot that <laughs> I had the live stream still on. And, You're looking uh, for your Monero. It's us, yeah. man. It's us. Oh, they're not going to find it. You lost Maybe it. I some? Maybe I, exactly. Um, yeah, you know what? So let's, I'm actually going to just like chime in, and then we can you can share the screen, if that's fine. Yeah, yeah go yeah. ahead. Do you need me yeah. to go to an article? Um, There's just two more. 
So it was this one, and then the next one is interesting. Yeah, oh, yeah, the, the BTC one, yeah. Uh, mining lawsuit. Mining, yep. That, that one is really interesting. So uh, yeah, sure. no bring it up, bring it up. All right. Oh, so, yeah, I had this up on I had the actual. Here we go. Here's the actual article page. Yeah, so the U.S. government agrees to destroy Bitcoin mining data gathered. So this is really huge. The fact that um, Texas Blockchain Council lawsuits successfully stopped the Biden administration from government data collection on Bitcoin miners. They're trying to collect the data. Um, and um, yeah, the lawsuit was uh, successful from from stopping them. Uh, which I'm really happy about because that was a concern um, before. Yeah, I, I, I missed the story. And uh, yeah, and the government also agreed to destroy the data collected. So not only were they stopped from doing that, but also they they destroyed the data that have they have collected so far from the Bitcoin miners. And the date they were just trying to uh, collect data on who who the miners were and things like that. Or furthermore, um, I'm not aware of exactly what data they were gathering, but I assume. Uh, the blood to blockchain council felt that the survey was invasive of miners. Okay. All right. So that's a positive. The Bitcoin mining industry. In, it's a in w. Texas. Yeah. Bitcoin mining. <laughs> but the thing is that's only in Texas. We'll how, yeah. We'll see how, how that pans out on a federal level. Exactly. Yeah. Cause that's only in Texas. So I hope he's going to go beyond Texas. Um, yeah. okay. But that's good news. So, uh, let's go to the next one. Um, this is the last one. I didn't do them in order, but this should Not be the fine. last one. Um, yeah, that's fine. Uh, I did see this earlier this week. Oh yeah, yeah. Did you cover the one on CoinGecko where? Um, oh yeah. Before yep. they killed Monero, but now they don't. <laughs> and yeah. Monero is one of the top five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We covered that. That's crazy. And not even Zcash or. Yeah, even Zcash just... supposed to be like number two or three, but they didn't even put it that in there, which is like no. crazy. Yeah, and they just ignored Monero. I'm just like just completely. So that's quite wild. But um, it's so private; it doesn't. Exist. <laughs> yeah, but th- th- this is cool. Monero ring signatures for voting or anonymous surveys. Did you know that you could use ring signatures for real crypto voting or to gathering? Yeah. All right, pulling up the site. Um, so they're kind of building building a voting system. The ring signature component of, is that what's going on here? Yes. Uh, yeah, which is going to be interesting once uh, you know Seraph is to be implemented because that is uh, yeah. We'd like to have get these guys on the show or on Monero talk kind of understand. Obviously, like yeah. this has nothing really. Isn't like they're not using Monero per se. They're tech build out a system. I don't know if they're using Monero's implementation specifically or if this is just mm-hmm. another way to do like rings. Oh, uh, that's cool. We'll see. That's you know another arm in the fight, right? I mean, we need digital yes. cash, uh, and then we need a way for uh, vote anonymous for maintaining our, our liberty in the digital age. Using Monero code base functions, so it has the same security as the original Monero code. There you go, right there. Oh, if that's true. Cool. Yep, very cool. Yeah, so we'll try to get these uh, get these guys in a Monero talk. I like it. Awesome. Yeah, that'll be that'll be awesome. This week we had a lot of interesting news: uh, Argentina, and then <clears throat> the Ethereum XMR atomic swap. Integration to the GUI, um, a lot of interesting stuff. Trocador's new function, uh, Denver Meetup. Yeah, it's quite interesting. Email leaks. Yeah, we had a lot, a lot of stuff. We covered it all. Uh, Tony, yes, yeah, st- stick around because now we'll bring viewers on stage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll, yep, viewers on stage coming up. Um, we got a lot of people. Yeah, we do. Awesome. All right, let me pull that up. It's the viewers on stage segment. It's that time where we invite you, the viewers, up on stage to comment on anything you've heard so far today, ask the guest a question, or maybe talk about one of the news topics. Come on down. 
more people because uh, it's already maxed out and we're going over three hours so this I'm is beautiful leave. tux throw the uh the stream yeah, yard in the, in the there. comments close this door good morning Let's go. What's up? Your Monerotopia website still shows dollars instead of Monero for the price of your tickets. They're oh, done. Shit. Yeah, All Doug. Right. Let, me, let me get on that. Also, could All you right. get some – would it be possible to get some decaf coffee for Monerotopia uh, for, uh, for Gratuitous? Because sometimes I want to drink a coffee at like 9 o'clock at night, and I sure as heck don't want to have a, a caffeinated cup of coffee. Uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see what we can do. I mean, we get the coffee from one farm in particular. I don't know the whole uh, how how you create decaffeinated coffee, but it might be. Uh, let me think. Because I'm sure, I'd Al- like to I'm see sure some... Alaska non can figure out how to do it. What do we do? Because I'd how like to. Extra- I'd how like do we extract the caffeine, man? What What do they do? What you got to do is you got to grow some hair on your chest and learn how to sleep with the caffeine in your blood. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have uh, I have another reason for not wanting the caffeine but i'm not gonna go there so yeah no there it's uh i mean that's there there are ways obviously decaf coffee doesn't offer a very large market share of the overall you know but there there's definitely a demand for it so um but there there's ways (laughs) in fact there there are ways to do it pretty cheap i I actually want to add go ahead go ahead who's who's chiming in oh i was gonna say something yeah green tea will be awesome too it's he's in general but I think I think uh, you should definitely try the decaf because like sometimes I drink decaf just because like I've already had 300 milligrams of caffeine for like a pre-workout or something. So I think that'll be interesting. We'll how about, how about freeze-dried out. food? Prepper stuff, long shelf life. Yeah, that'd be great. That so be great. I wanted to throw something out about the Coin Gecko article. I kind of felt like in the opposite spirit of Monero, a lot of people were talking about it without actually looking at the article. Um, now, obviously, the bullshit detectors were going off because it was ridiculous, and I agree with that. But did anyone actually look at the article that was linked? It's uh, pretty interesting, some of the things going on here. So this is an overt advertisement for Alpha Z- or Aleph Zero. Yeah, so Aleph is the first letter of the Hebrew alphabet, for those of you who don't know. It's where actually alphabet gets its name from, Aleph Bet. Aleph and Bet are the first two letters of the Hebrew alphabet. goes all the way back to Phoenician. So there's some, like, kind of ominous and creepy vibes going on here if you if you know your your occult history. But the second thing is, it says right at the beginning, this article is brought to you by Aleph Zero. Aleph Zero is an enterprise-ready blockchain platform with high scalability, near-instant transactions, and compliant privacy-enhancing features. So, I mean, that should already just be raising all kinds of red flag. Man, would it be amazing to have bodies start freaking out right now. (laughs) But, but, uh, the, the rest of this that's really interesting about this, so um, Aleph Zero is like a, a commentary on, so if you have Aleph and Tav in the Bible, you're talking about like, it's where Alpha and Omega and why they call Jesus the Alpha and Omega, right? It's the idea of fr- from the beginning to the end, the first and the last, right? So they're doing all kinds of like creepy 
biblical vibes going on here. But then if you keep going all the way at the bottom, and there's so much more stuff in here that's just mind-blowing. But if you go all the way to the bottom, methodology, uh, and I'm going to skip through some of this stuff, but for the purposes of this study, privacy coins were defined as the pioneering generation of crypto assets that offer privacy to users, privacy blockchains, or privacy-enhancing blockchains were defined as the last gener or the latest generation of privacy-focused crypto assets with smart contract capabilities and regulatory compliance considerations, among other differentiation factors. So, so not privacy at all. Very definition. They are saying if it is not regulatory compliant, it is omitted. And yeah. then would also you would also notice why they would have to omit Zcash by the same logic, right? Because it's not a a leading generation with smart co- or smart contract features, right? So this is literally defined by number one being a smart contract, number two being regulatory compliant, and number three being part of the bleeding edge generation. It would omit anything from previous generations of cryptocurrency. Um, but then if you look at this lady, Lim Yu Kwan, right? Yu Kwan is a cryptocurrency writer and marketer who specializes in mainstream cryptocurrency insights. So I did not do any due diligence other than like, I thought I'd give it another look because it came up in the show. But this chick just bleeds bot when you look at all of her profiles. This looks like the fakest Twitter thing ever. It looks like it was generated for the purpose of a marketing campaign. In this, Go ahead. Yeah, a little more context, too. I think CoinGecko, if you've heard the name Calvin Ayers, I believe he's like a billionaire who made a bunch of money in gambling. I think he runs CoinGecko. I might be mistaken. And I think he helped either fund or is connected to Craig Wright, who is, you mentioned those emails released earlier between like some of the early people with Satoshi. I think that was partially released, like the one with the web developer in relation to one of the trials where Craig Wright is claiming he's Satoshi Satoshi Nokamoto. And then also uh, related to all that is BSV, you know, Bitcoin Satoshi's vision, which I believe is Craig Wright and Calvin Ayers and CoinGecko really push. And then if you look at like this, you know, possibly bot created content where they emit XMR and, uh, you know, Zcash, it seems like, yeah, a total astroturfed agenda, a little, that's my thinking of the context. So that, so thank you, Alaskan. Yeah. It, that, that's exactly where I wasn't so eloquently going to. Yeah. Is the fact that this this just radiates AI feedback loop at every level? Like yeah. this is, and and that's one of the reasons why I've been like spurging out on Twitter, even though I hate Twitter, right? Trying to tell people stop using places like CoinGecko to get your price data, right? Because it's you can manipulate this stuff so easily. And then on top of that, if the purpose of crypto was supposed to be parallel economies, then why do we keep letting the dollar value our parallel economy? If it's supposed to be a way out of the dollar, you, like you should call it the on-ramp price, yeah. or you should call it like the escape price, right? And then there should be an escape premium. So in other words, like if you want to escape the fiat system, you know, there's the escape price plus the escape premium to get into Monero. 
but you don't pay the premium to get out of Monero sort of deal. Like you have to build in the, you have to build in the propaganda to combat the propaganda, you know? Yeah. And BSV brags about being com- regulatory compliant also related to that. And, uh, and Calvin Ayers with the spiky hair, not to be crude, but he seems like he could be in like a Valtrex advertising. I mean, that's, that's far I see it anyhow. <laughs> we, we we got uh we got so many people backstage i see other people keep trying to join i keep getting a message uh so if you want to join just just hang on maybe we'll bring you up a little later we'll lose some of the people that are upstage now i gotta i gotta I'd be happy to bow out for now i'd love to hear everybody else yeah yeah i think yeah, what so we ought to, i think what you ought to do doug is mm-hmm. start uh maybe have somebody else run it for you or something and just have like a a jitsi type meetup basically where like on Wednesday or something where people just come on and chatter about Monero with no, you know, purpose or whatever, just kind of come on and chat like Jitsi or something like that. And basically have a virtual meetup every week. Yeah, we could do that. that. I mean, not, I think that this way works. it's not we, live. And, yeah, it's okay. It's good. Uh, this is good. This is good. I like that it's live and it gets, it gets the information out to, to others that just want to tune in as opposed to keeping it like kind of a closed, closed thing. I mean, that could, that could be another, another thing that could be done for sure. Uh, I think what we could do too is we could upgrade the stream yard so we can fit more people backstage to do that. But let's get to, let's get some new voices up here. Who do we have? CBRS. Am I reading that right? Hey guys. Can you hear me? Yay. What's going on, man? I'm good, man. Thank you. I'm, <laughs> this is the first time for me on, on the show. And, uh, I'm very new to uh, Monero, by the way. Um, very cool, man. Yeah. Yeah. Story. So, um, okay. So, <laughs> uh, the story is we are actually, um, we have a project in a school in Venezuela. Uh, we are trying to teach them about Web3, and we are trying to um, uh, provide internet for the school. Um, so we have like a, a, a funding on uh, on Kuno, which I, I didn't knew it existed, and we just tried it out, and suddenly we got so much support from your community guys that I was like. I was really amazed that this something like that was possible because on web two, it's empty. Nobody's nobody, no help, like zero help. It's it's crazy. And then I go on on Monero and man, it's uh, just want to say if the people who supported us are listening now, like really thank you so much for helping out because this is already like almost fifteen percent or almost twenty percent of. Uh, uh, what we need to continue with our project. And by the way, I go just Kuno. To say, uh, sorry? Oh, I was I'm just bring- saying, go Kuno. Oh, yeah. I'm bringing, it up, I'm bringing it up right now. I'm bringing it up. The, yeah, we, we love Kuno, man. We love it here. Obviously, we t- talk about it all the time. It's it's gaining organic adoption and it's a beautiful use case for Monero. You anonymously donate to campaigns and it's super easy to start a campaign. You don't have to yeah. enter any really any information so people can anonymous uh, raise raise money for various causes. I mean that's a very powerful tool. It's literally one of the primary use cases for what we see digital cash being used for, right? So a way to to anonymously raise money for various things, being political things, uh, especially in oppressed places. The only thing is uh, with that comes the caveat that you don't know who is actually raising the money and whether or not they can yeah. be trusted, which is why we actually try to bring a lot of people up here on this show so that we can kind of vet them. Uh, so yeah, man, uh, consider yourself being vetted right now. Uh, so I'm bringing up your Kuno. Oh man, why, that's so cool. <laughs> why, why, why should we, why should we trust you? Give us, give us some, uh, give us some uh, encouragement here as to why we should, uh, okay, trust donating um, to you. 
Uh, let me see. So uh, if you check us out on Twitter, uh, you can see that we've been um, on Hive blockchain for a very, very long time. And we've been posting a lot of stuff on Hive like, since 2017. Um, and um so the whole project if you go all the way down you, there is a link or uh, to um to our hive post and we have all the transparency there like written what we're gonna do we have venezuelan community um in venezuela who's going to that school and they're going to teach kids uh web3 and uh with the help of high blockchain um, they are going to, so they will be able to generate income to pay for internet themselves. So we only pay like the starter, like the kickstarting, and then later it's, you know, like on them to really support each other in uh, being self-sustainable. Why, why Hive? Uh, I, I personally don't really know much about it. What, what's okay. like this concentration on Hive? Yeah. Uh, do you guys know maybe Steam? Steam it? Yeah, I've heard of it. Yeah, so Steemit, so Hive used to be Steemit, and when uh, Justin Sun took over, uh, or there, there was this huge battle between Tron and Steemit, uh, so we forked uh, out of Steemit and we created Hive. So a lot of the community that were, you know, fighting for the community went to uh, to Hive, uh, and yeah, just continued uh, our path of how we do stuff with the. Uh, uh, with our community and on Hive, yeah, I'm, I'm personally, I just create stuff like create videos and post uh, uh, content. That's what I love doing. And that's why Hive use was like the perfect spot for me. But uh, so what, what, what kind what kind of things you're talking about introducing young people to, to Hive at these school, like what kind of things can they do in tort with regards to interacting with Hive? Will you build apps on it? Or oh, no, no. So uh, start off while they are, um posting content any kind of articles or videos they will be upvoted by the communities on mm. hive and that so. way they will be earning tokens and with that tokens they can either delegate it to the school either they can give a percentage to the school and then the school the main account of the school can then pay for specific things for what they need to have uh, in the school because the government man they, they're not doing anything there um, are you, are you looking to teach them about Monero as well? Is there oh, a man. potential tie uh, in there? So, yeah, definitely. So, um, uh, a friend of mine, he is, uh, crazy about privacy and security. Uh, he's, uh, so he knows a lot about you guys as well. So we've been talking about, uh, Monero and teaching the kids about privacy and security and stuff like that. And, um, thanks to, uh, uh, Fiat Demise. That's how I found out about you guys. Oh, that's uh, a great guy. He uh, he showed me Monero Chan, and I'm like, oh man, this is so cool! Uh, uh, like the 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 memes that you have with uh, Monero Chan and the the messages behind it is really awesome. So we want to we are allowed to paint the walls in the classroom because it's going to be a, a Web three classroom, like a really special classroom where all the computers will be and the kids can learn there. And mm -hmm. um, so of course we're going to be painting all kinds of cool stuff, and we want to paint the Monero Chamber. Yeah, oh, that's cool. I love it. We have we have an artist. Uh, I'm going to post also on Twitter showing who the artist is. He does amazing stuff. 
and so he this he said for this project he will be painting the whole the whole class. Maybe maybe you could uh, teach the kids how to how to mine Monero on Gupax on their on. Their, yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah. I mean, I didn't. It's like I'm so focused on getting funds uh, to even start this this project because this is uh, this is a little bit like one of a kind because people can really uh, be self sustained. They don't don't need. Uh, people to donate anymore uh, uh, so it's just a one time kind of thing mm. and uh, yeah so anyway I'm really happy I could be here and just talk about it it's awesome <laughs> well it's pretty cool that you found your way kind of found your way to Monero for these purposes right and like uh, the Monero community is accepting of what you're trying to do and willing to donate uh, p- other people on stage anybody have questions for, for what he's trying to achieve here Kuno anybody <laughs> hello hello All right. Hey, what's up, man? Uh, I didn't blocker. really understand. So the school was supposed to have its own internet connection, and uh, I, I didn't really get it. Sorry. Oh, so uh, we are there to provide them internet connection, but we'll provide them the internet connection for six months. So they have six months to learn and understand how how uh, a blockchain works and how Hive works, because Hive is the place where they will be earning their uh, uh, cryptocurrency by posting stuff on high. Uh, and so with that, they can be self-sustained and we will then th- say, okay, good. They don't need our help with the internet anymore. We're only gonna continue teach them about blockchain and, 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 and uh, 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 so Hive and then also Monero. And then we can continue with this to other schools, but they will also be like a Kickstarter for the next project. Uh, I don't know much about Hive, and I don't know how feasible that is that they will pay for their own internet after six months. Yeah, but I it's guess a, it, uh, it's a good, it's a good, it's a good attitude and initiative of you. Yeah. Oh, thanks, man. But you know, it's just, it's just we're. I'm just trying it. I don't know if this gonna work, but this is uh, uh, like, yeah, I'm just just trying it. So, uh, but the idea is cool, and this it is possible because I've been on high for a long time. I've been putting content uh, uh, every week, and I really earn high and HPD tokens. So imagine I can earn, let's say, two hundred dollars worth of uh, tokens in a month just for posting stuff and not really doing a lot of things uh, while internet in Venezuela is like 25 bucks for uh, for a month and you have 600 students in a school I mean it should work what does this hype token do uh, so the high first of all uh, hive is a decentralized social media platform um, so yeah they have HBD there sorry it's all right. Keep going. Who's ever trying to talk there? We can't. We can't hear. Um, uh, I wasn't trying to talk, but I could just jump in and say that Hive, I believe, is a fork of Steemit, and Steemit yeah. is kind of like a decentralized Reddit. But then I think Justin Sun bought Steemit, and the Hive community was like, "No fucking way!" So they forked. Yeah. Uh, they forked into yeah. Hive. Yeah. Hello. Can you hear me? Alex and Arco, yep. go for it. Hello. Yes. So I think the way, at least, I used to play around with Steemit before the hard fork to Hive. And the way it worked is they have like this delegated proof of stake. And the more of the token you have, the heavier your vote is when you upvote the content of other people. And this way they kind of have this 
monetization of content creation that you want to produce good content so that you get many upvotes, i.e. you earn a lot of the token and then you can either cash out or you can keep the token in the on your account and then your vote counts more as well. And yeah, Steemit has been around since I entered the blockchain space. I think like in 2017, there were also a lot of bloggers using it at Arakapulco. And I used it myself for a while, but um, yeah, <laughs> then I kind of also left that blogging space on Steemit. So I don't know how it is right now, but at least back in the day, it I, I earned some money with some blog posts. Let's just say it like this. Yeah, it's, it's, it's possible. It's really possible, especially with 600 students. Okay, let's just say 100 students will be maybe really posting. I mean, if, if everybody posts something uh, once a week, that's more than enough to pay for the internet. And with the internet, the ed education is better. They can learn a lot of things. So, yeah. I'm curious now, do you also teach the kids or you just provide infrastructure and... Yeah, so uh, we, like the CBRS team will provide the, the funding, hopefully. Uh, but we have um, teachers who are on hype already in Venezuela, in Caracas, who will be going to school uh, uh, two or three times a week and they're going to teach them everything they need to know about uh, uh about blockchain very cool man very cool i know i, know I keep bringing it back to monero but i, I just think it would, would kind of help you too with your cause in addition to raising funds in monero um monero chan painted on, on the wall which um yeah maybe, maybe there's other things that could take place like like alex anarcho suggesting perhaps like educating people about monero itself how to use monero how to run a node maybe that could become part of the uh curriculum maybe it could become part of what they what they post about on hive um oh yeah that would be cool just throwing, yeah. I throwing ideas out there like uh they could be exactly exactly like educational they could be putting out like educational content from a, a young person's perspective, first learning about Monero uh, in Spanish yeah. could be very, very effective. Yeah, definitely. Because I've been also on, on, uh, on Twitter, I've been looking for uh, information in Spanish that would be uh, suitable for kids and to understand how, how Monero works and what you, uh, the, the, the possibilities with Monero. And uh, so I got some contacts. I think somebody from Argentina. I'm not Andres. sure who that was. Andres. Yeah, yeah he was just he yeah, was just so... up here. He's probably listening now. Yeah, he's he's working on something called I think he's calling it Monero Garden, and it's like okay. kind of a four kids way to to like learn about Monero. There's so video yeah, just that's... in the private chat that um Andreas did a few years ago explaining Monero in Spanish. And that that's yeah. So I I got uh, like I said from your community, I got a lot of support and a lot of links and information. The, but my focus first is to really get funding. Otherwise, I cannot start uh, uh, stuff. So we are going to have also probably two art contests. And that's going to be art contest for Hive. And we're thinking to do an art cost contest for Monero. And uh, things will be like uh, uh, kids can uh, paint something or like A4. Something uh, we can give them like the Monero logo. Uh, talk about Monero a little bit, what it represents, and so that they would uh, paint what they envision uh, what it could be. Yeah, the the thing is, is it makes sense to me that South America is prime real estate 
for the growth of Monero just generally and incorporating a way where enthusiastic people who are in need of a revenue stream for their very infrastructure not only can benefit from Monero, but then relay the information in a native language to Monero. This seems like a natural adoption growth area. And there's always been a huge issue with uh, like regulations of getting money to and from some Western countries to Venezuela. And you're looking at a real life example of like demonstrating the absolute legendary utility that Monero actually has, which nobody ever talks about, right? Like I always come back to just how much easier it is to send Monero from like the US to Mexico to pay for the most basic things and the absolute clusterfuck that it is to use dollars from country (laughs) to country, which is supposedly like the liquidity, like, super king fiat whatever is like oh dollars you can use them anywhere it's like well not really you know but here it is monero like solving problems in real time you know or another thing though that i was touching on about you know the localization of of information about monero it's more than just speaking the language it's speaking the culture You know, when you have people who grow up and live in Venezuela who are using it right now, you know, if you can actually pay them to make localized information available to their friends and relatives, then you you put yourself in a far superior situation for the localization of the information. I can see uh, this Kuno thing being great for like the trucker's convoy, if you want to donate anonymously to, Mm -hmm. you know, causes that may, uh, you know, draw some scrutiny, especially if you live in the United States, uh, may draw some scrutiny from the, uh, the authoritarians uh, in charge. Um, but then the government can't freeze the money. Yeah, I wanted to ask one question. First of all, can you guys hear me? I've got a broken mic. Today. You're, it's a little shitty. It's a little mumbly, but give it a shot. Give it a go. Okay, yeah. Can you hear me now? Oh, yeah, I wanted to know. Yeah, it's like a bad mic. Okay. Uh, yeah, I wanted to know, like, how the what's the age of the kids, like uh, children? What are their general age? That's a good question. Uh, uh, Thirteen to seventeen. Oh, so uh, how about uh, teaching them like mastering Monero or zero to Monero? I think that will be a good uh, option because when when you like give them good materials and they they print out those materials either through like PDF in their with their printer or just Get those resources and everyone just studies them. I think it will give them a good, like, good foundation knowledge as well as the culture will improve. And one more thing. I think Venezuela is like a Maduro, like communist regime. So how is this, uh, like, gun rights over there? Like, just basic gun rights or even, like, black markets. How is it there right now? Yeah, all I know is it's extremely... It's terrible uh, what's going on in Venezuela because, like, especially the the kids, they you you have even at school uh, girls who are uh, 16 and pregnant already. Uh, you have kids. Um, well, they don't come into the school with guns, but outside of the school, man, it's 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 all about gangs there. And oh, yeah. also another even, thing. Yeah. Uh, in the, like in Latin America, they're having problem with gangs and all that, but still they won't implement Second Amendment. Like 
They're crazy. Oh, oh yeah, and yeah, yeah like the guy in YouTube on. said, that guy is not me. Yeah, I just referenced his good question. Okay, I wanted to ask another question, like a very important question regarding that uh, this one, uh, things are going to happen in, in Argentina. Like disclosing of wealth, like crypto wealth or any kind of wealth, whether it's gold, cash, or like even Monero or any kind of crypto wealth. I think that's a big attack vector. Because once you go that route, then crypto becomes an asset, not money. So we have to like fight back. We have to fight back on those fronts. Like we have to establish that crypto is money. It's a form of money, just like gold, just like cash. So once there is an option, like people, our enemies, the state, they will try the communist they will try to like implement like crypto is an asset we have to make sure that crypto is not only an asset it's a commodity as well as it's money uh, i have a question to cbrs regarding the kuno uh, why can't it bootstrap by itself why do you need six months of funding uh well we have to first teach them how to use hive and how to earn by posting and the thing is we want to play it safe Uh, and we don't want to do it too fast because if we do internet, we'll pay for internet for uh, a month or two, uh, and then we will not have enough funding, uh, then it's kind of running right away. So we want to really, the six months, we think it's it's the perfect time uh, to give them uh, enough space to Uh, to 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 learn because it's not going to happen everything really fast. We still need to uh, prepare the internet because the internet there is no internet at the school. So we have to put the wire there. We have to prepare the class with the internet. We have to do a lot of repairs in the in the school, and we need to get laptops also because or computers or secondhand tablets or or whatever is possible. So this will take some time. Uh, I wanted to ask another thing. Like, are you guys doing like Monero meetups or any plans or directly only high? Like any plans for Monero meetups or just a basic foundation so that you guys can start the education regarding like Rust programming language or like Monero or like GroupX, like anything regarding that route. Uh, yeah, uh, so, there, I um, just point out real quick that there's like, a certain level of risk tolerance that the the equation changes a little bit doing Monero meetups in Venezuela than it is in like the United States, man. Like you kind of, yeah, you kind of have to be a little more careful about like rounding up a bunch of possible dissident, you know, that may not necessarily be the best idea. Yeah. Screaming, screaming, uh, uh, uh crypto or blockchain, Uh, in these kind of countries, it is also kind of, uh, uh, yeah, it's it's not very good because uh, it's also being used to uh, wash a lot of money in Venezuela. And once they find out, oh, you know, uh, these communities, they have meetups and they are helping. Wait, wait, we don't want to help them. We want to control everybody. And so we have to be very careful, especially also with the kids. We are trying to see There are two ways that can this can go, and we will be uh, uh, watching this closely because the kids can say, "Oh, uh, you know what? Fuck school! I can earn my money here and buy." Uh, so that's one. Uh, 
but the second part also is, yeah, they can get a better education because then they can connect to other schools maybe have, uh, uh, because sometimes when, when, once you watch a video, maybe you can learn from it better than from reading. Uh, but also what's important, uh, man, I lost it. Um, yeah, excuse me. I have, a, I have another question. CBRS. Yeah. Have you been on site on the school? No, no, no. I'm myself. I'm not in Venezuela. Oh, so the so, funding uh, is for have, someone else? Uh, so, no, the funding is going uh, to us, but we are sending it to... Um, so we have a Hive community in Venezuela, and it, the money will go to somebody in uh, Hive community uh, in Venezuela. That's one person. Uh, his name is in the... Uh, okay, okay. That's so not important, and, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so and he will be doing the rest uh, there. So he'll oh. be going. So we will be as transparent as possible. So we will go uh, show what the guy who's repairing the the the, the school like. What he, does he have to buy? We'll double check if the costs are correct because we don't want to be scammed by 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 that guy. Uh, so we'll show exactly how much was paid, how much was transferred. So we want to really the community see that all that they have supported us with, that it's there, you know, to, to, to really show that. Oh, I, I thought uh, you would be on site um, anyway. Yeah, no, no, no. I, I would love to, but no, it's too far away for me. <laughs> and risky, because you have shown your face. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> I, I, I want to I see goo packs running on, and then we'll know it was a success. <laughs> Yeah, what that was one thing that I just wanted to like extra clarify that some of us in freer nations need to realize is like you really want to isolate projects that are like educationally minded and are as like non-threatening as possible, and you definitely do not want to connect it to things like gun rights or freedom of speech or anything like that. You need to just leave it by itself as non-threatening as possible because when it comes to protecting and arming the next generation with just like critical thinking skills, that needs to stand on its own and it needs to be left on its own. Like it, it's very easy for exactly, people exactly. in our anarcho-capitalist community to just stump, just start dumping all of our freedom baggage onto this stuff. But it's like, you know, this, this could be the difference between these kids being able to feed their families in a crisis. And you need to just leave all of the other stuff at the door and just yeah, in try Venezuela, to empower it's one like thing. Very risk. In Venezuela, I think it's very risky for gun rights. But yeah, for El Salvador or like Argentina, that should be like highest priority. Because one wrong election and everything gone to waste. So, yeah. The math presented should not even be referencing Monero as such. It should stand alone. Ring CTY, because of Ring CT, for example. A random XY, well, random X, but you get my point, Alaska. You know. Yeah, I'm still trying to read through this while we're talking just to get a feel for it. Yeah, and I mean... the funny thing is about that coin gecko thing. All those privacy coins listed are like surveillance coins. They're not even privacy coins. It's so horrible. And yeah, like you can see, like the enemies know what their real threat is. So they are trying to stop it. Even 
they will try to wipe out monero from the history of this world it will happen like slowly they will try they will fail but it's their like target goal like they will try to delete the word monero from english language doug doug um i just posted the link from the number one uh bitcoin podcast where monero co-opted the podcast because if you follow the speech the syntactical speech at that given time i posted it's really funny but if you don't want to put it i totally understand it how long how long i love the clip it's just short it's just like if to laugh at it it's just a all little right, bit. all right yeah, let's play. Check you can still do the simple i know what you're going we've, with had, we've had problems with that like on monero they had like a inflation bug they couldn't spark it all like why would that not happen on bitcoin Mm-hmm. Um, stop, stop, well, there's no stop. guarantee that it, it wouldn't happen. Um, you would uh, you would want to make sure that. So is that it? Yeah, because uh, he said we have the a problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why Monero co-opted it. Wait, well, I'm not I'm not understanding what you're trying to say here. This this guy was miss. No, he was saying the. the I I don't even understand it because the the hidden inflation bug, which was not exploited, and he presented it as uh, yeah, inflation bug, right? Yeah. yeah. It's a lot of misinformation. Yeah, just more misinformation around. as always. That's I love how Monero, Monero is traceable. Monero has a hidden inflation. Yeah, like that's All not that how you zero knowledge proof works. If it's like trustless system, it's like transparent system, then it will not happen. And it depends on implementation and how much like there is like checking of code and everything. No, I mean the, the thing. The the thing is that people shouldn't talk about things that they don't understand right like if i have a question i come here i ask a question i ask why you know i i post an opinion but not like 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 that happened you know yeah did that's anyone why actually get around to uh, did anyone actually look at the seth per privacy monerotopia thing that was just posted yep. on the oh, yeah, i hope you got yeah, yeah, I think that is right because he's, he's underlying all the problems. Yeah, the the funny thing I kind of relate to the fact that his best work is done like last minute and off the cuff. I've been struggling forever to do like a prepared video and it's just like awful compared to my rants. I'm just like terrible at it, but one of the things about this presentation which he said it's like things I've been thinking about, I jotted it down last minute. Um, it was probably the most relevant and on point and important things that were said from the entire conference, in my opinion, about how like um, we don't want to become the maxis that we've grown to hate. And we need to focus more on like actually lifting up the people who do the work in Monero and like this this uh, YouTube channel that you're linking. It's just like part of the endless it's i mean just miles and miles of people in the bitcoin community that don't do anything productive other than just sit there and talk and speculate and talk and speculate which i always worry that i'm that guy you know that i mean all of us need to just make sure that we're always trying to direct our energy towards actually moving the ball down the field um but like I, I yeah. think that honestly, it should be almost required listening for uh-huh. anybody who considers themselves part of the Monero community to actually like listen and hear out Seth 
his position on seeing the evolution of Monero and how we never want to be those guys that just sit there and talk about all of the great things that someone else is doing. And we should all just be like doing stuff and using our talents to do actual things to move the ball down the field, you know? Yeah, it was so well done. Um, I didn't, I obviously didn't tune into it at the conference cause I was busy with the conference and Seth wasn't there. He did this one remote. We had a remote stage and a live stage, which by the way, we have so much content from that conference. It's actually incredible. Uh, we still haven't posted it. so much, so much good stuff. Uh, so I want, yeah, I listened to this yesterday and yeah, highly, highly, everybody, anybody who's tuned in here, obviously should give it a listen and it's a good thing to pass on to others. Um, it really kind of recalibrates you and, uh, it's, it's Seth kind of talking from his own perspective, uh, kind of questioning, you know, where, where he's at. Um, but it's, it's, if you listen to it, it, it forces you to kind of, you know, recalibrate and think as well. And he, he just does an amazing job off the cuff. With it. It's pretty incredible. Yeah, agreed. Before I can uh, onboard someone to any Monero wallet today, up, they have up. strong privacy on. Uh, they don't have to worry about inbound liquidity and all of this other stuff. It just, it fits. If people want to spend cryptocurrency, Monero is the best tool. It's just, it that is just what it is today. Uh, and I want to see that correct. And as that grows, more and more people will will flow in. As the circular economies grow, more people will flow in. Um, this is kind of how we will win the the medium of exchange aspect. Um, the next point. Yeah, he does a great job. Yeah, Fantastic the medium job. of exchange is, I think, the most important thing for Monero. Like even even for privacy coin or any other like freedom tech, I think the medium of exchange is the most vital thing we have to care about. And one more thing, like uh, this one, uh, whatever Seth said, he's right. Like, uh, like increasingly, privacy is getting like, like an expensive, like a valuable stuff. So, since privacy will in future it will become a valuable stuff, we need more products which will increase the privacy, like Monero as well as other coins. Like, we need not many surveillance coins; we need many privacy coins. Who even wants so many surveillance coins? Uh, Can I, what one, was one of the big takeaways? Pay, I, th- I think we all have literally cut him off over and over. I want to hear what he mm-hmm, said. Mm-hmm. Prancing, go ahead. So before we move on, I was uh, I, I I watched the set for privacy. Very good. Uh, he does bring up a lot of things that are uh, you know they they sort of sting a little bit, and uh, and and I've actually heard some of it uh, on in the community. So I, I kind of witnessed it a little bit. Um, although, you know, like I say, I'm probably guilty of it, some of it too, just like he said. But uh, one of the things that, that struck me is that, you know, uh, it, it, you know, it comes from a strange place, but, you know, an organization that doesn't want to get corrupted and fall apart, they tend to uh, they have a, a, a like a set of sort of unwritten rules, and actually they do write them down. But like for for AA, uh, Alcoholics Anonymous has these twelve traditions, and if you read them, um, they actually help people get along in community. Uh, you know, so it basically it, it's kind of like uh, well, one of the you know one of the uh, really good things in the thing is, you know, 
has no opinion on outside issues. So Monero has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the Monero name ought never be drawn into public controversy. This goes to Al Askinon's, you know, sort of reference to, you know, keep it clean, you know. And um, I think we can adopt some of these uh, traditions as sort of some of our, you know, some of our guidelines as how we conduct ourselves amongst each other as a community. And I think it would solve a lot of Seth's uh, beefs uh, in terms of, you know, his, his complaints about, you know, the maximalism and, and, and sort of the dismissiveness of some of the community. You know, all the things that he said were bad. You know, these are just human people, man. We all make mistakes. But if we got these, if we got some guidelines that we came up with, it might really help the community. And uh, I'd be willing to sit on a task force or a committee to uh, come up with something like that if the community, uh, you know, if there's adequate support in the community for that. There, there was this quote that I wish I could remember now, but Michael Tan had made some comparisons to psychiatry and Bitcoin maximalism that I just about fell on my face laughing. Uh, <laughs> but there, there's something interesting about bringing up the uh, Alcoholics Anonymous thing. Um, and this might get a little long winded, but I think it's important because it, it, to understand um, when Alcoholics Anonymous moved into Russia, which had like this really, really it, probably the worst in history alcoholism problem during the fall of the Soviet Union. Um, they tried to do it with like an atheist spin and it was failing miserably. And then they Christianized it the way that the West had done. And it started having this actually better results than it was having in the West. Um, and I see that kind of happening with like, because the number go up cult has gotten so powerful and like the small blockers had already dominated Bitcoin. Um, we see them abandoning their spiritual elders in the cypherpunk world and losing the ethics with it, right? And so we see people all of the sudden rejecting the giants that they stood on the shoulders of in Bitcoin. And you watch the, the ethics just mutate into the corporatocracy's image, right? So you've got like the beast system co-opting Bitcoin because they've abandoned their spiritual predecessors in the cypherpunk world. The same way that like shamanism and therapy, um, we lost that when we moved into psychiatry and now like drug abuse is getting worse, right? Or like the anti-scientific method, like it's getting worse ever since it left the roots of therapy. But I'll, I'll leave it there. Well, yeah, it's like, uh, you know, decide who you are and, be, you know, be unapologetic for who you are, whether you're a number go up crowd or you're uh, more of a privacy, you know, I'm more worried about, you know, just having private money crowd. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm in the latter. Some, uh, you know, some other people are in the former. Um, but as a community, we should, you know, decide, you know, what's the first priority and, and, and kind of, you know, be unapologetic about sticking to those values and and not flopping all over the place uh with the wind 
So turning on towards a more positive, um, looking at what we can do better as a community. Uh, and again, I include myself in these are the things that, that I need to improve on as well. Um, but the first one is really just that if you use Monero, uh, and especially if you're listening to this, because you have to be pretty deeply involved in the Monero community to be attending a conference virtually or in person, there is something can do and within Monero to help Monero grow. Um, obviously it is all voluntary. No one's going to force you to do anything, but if you choose to just sit on the sidelines, benefit from other people's good work and not contribute back in some way, you ultimately, uh, it's kind of a harsh truth, but you ultimately are harming the growth of narrow long. Um, that doesn't mean that you have to learn how to write in C++ to learn how to code for Monero. The, I think a lot of the work that needs to be done around Monero is non-technical and non-development related. Um, but this is one of those areas where every single person who loves Monero, especially if they love it enough to actually be engaged in the community, like in Reddit, Matrix, going to conferences, etc., there is something that you can do that can directly aid Monero and that can directly help other people benefit more from Monero or find Monero for um, that really could be just as simple as talking about Monero in your circles. We all have spheres of influence where we have a direct uh, and unique ability to influence the opinions and views of others that no one else can. There are, there are people that you know that I do not know that I cannot influence that will never follow me on Twitter or whatever, but you can Im influence and help to show them why Monero is important, why it matters, and how it's used. Um, some more examples, uh, and all of these are really non-technical is you can be writing guides for Monero. Uh, a big need within the space is for people to better understand how to actually use the tools. And when people who are, are less technical write guides, they're actually more useful because if you don't understand That's the what I was saying about the Venezuela you don't understand thing. the kind of the deep technical... It's, uh, you got to go back and listen to it. But I think yeah, he, does a, he does a really good job too of telling people, you know, Breaking it down, what we can do as a community help grow. Everybody can participate. Yeah, Doug, like you have like Monero. that Amitaki guy, right? That from Dark mm -hmm. Dark Coin, or like Amitaki guy, that guy who is doing that. Uh, yeah. The other project, yeah, Darkfy. and as well as yeah, Darkfi, as well as that Neptune Cash guys, those the the guys that are doing like zk Stark thing, yeah, like uh, go to the page like. Uh, I have posted one page in the private chat. I just wanted to mention something. Like you'll see the Monero culture is so strong. Like they are not thinking about using like a random acts. Uh, like in both DarkFi as well as like Neptune Cash, they're thinking of using merch mining with Monero. So just go to that page. Uh, I posted in like private chat. Yeah, I've been meaning to look at this. Thanks for posting that because I totally forgot to finish looking into it. But yeah, uh, like uh, there, uh, if you can show guys live, then everyone can see. Like, yeah, no, not the other one, the other one, the previous one. Yeah, the previous one. Yeah, this one. So you can see, like, they're like thinking about this one consideration regarding random X. So yeah, there is some problem with zk start, but uh, and random X, but still, like the money culture of mandatory privacy at the protocol level, as well as the culture of Monero is so strong that it's influencing other projects. So yeah, so like Seth has said, like we need, we do not want to be like Bitcoin maxis, but we need to be encouraging like a wide net so that our culture, which is like much superior compared to Bitcoin maxis, it will automatically it will win. 
Yeah, these and these ideas often get upstreamed. And for those of you who are not technically savvy, you don't have to look at uh, hey I2P. If you're not talking, will you mute it so we don't get the background? Uh, but the the thing is, is a lot of the times, for those of you who don't know how open source code works, these concepts that other projects in similar fields they get upstreamed to other projects like Monero and it also provides like a safer testing ground for ideas to prove themselves before they get merged in um one of my favorite examples would be uh like graphene os which i'm like a super hardcore advocate of has led to it's got to be like a hundred or more changes to Android core because it's security upgrades and it's privacy upgrades were so effective and they were proven at the graphene level. Then they get integrated into everybody's Android. Um, and a lot of the time when we have the, so you can't really look at the developer base as just Monero. Some of these adjacent projects they're actually developing for Monero as well by using the same features and messing with them and testing them. I mean, one of the big kahunas of places that Monero gets lots of innovative ideas from is Wow Nero. Wow Nero has been instrumental in field testing all kinds of different ideas in another atmosphere. And Wow Nero's value to Monero has been amazing. You know, and like like he was saying, DarkFi and uh, Neptune and all of these other projects that I'd like to spend more time learning about. But um, that, you know, by doing things like merge mining and trying some scaling solutions and other things, these things may become useful to Monero in a not too distant time horizon. Yeah. And we should like to make sure like even those other projects, those that are weekend like Firo and Zcash. Like you'll see, like their developers, they will always talk about implementing mandatory privacy and learning from Monero. So we have to be active in those groups also and just push for like the positive change. Otherwise, what's the point of having like a mandatory privacy culture if no one is using it? So we have to push it, amplify it in such a degree that automatically it will benefit Monero in the long run. So like even like in Venezuela right now, uh, we cannot like people cannot post in Kuno for like 3D printing of like fully automatic machine guns and rocket launchers. But for like in the free <laughs> space, yeah, like, like in the free places, like, yeah, like in free places like United States, Canada, as well as Argentina, those are perfect places to try those options like. You want to make sure the next options of 3D printing rocket launch. I'm so glad yeah. I live somewhere where there's such an abundance of these things. We don't really have to deal with them. Yeah, because of... we have to understand that one. That's going to be a great, great, a great headline for Monero. Yeah, once there is a wrong election, the next generation is screwed. So we have to make sure in Argentina or United States or Canada, the next generation, as well as the successive generation, have all the freedom tools they can get. I, I2P, you coming down to Buenos Aires for Mineratopia? Well, I think I will need funding. Oh, shit. Sounds like a Kuno Use opportunity. some swaps, airdrops. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I want right, guys, to stay I think... in the shadows for a bit. 
But if I can, I will join surely. Guys, I think I'm going to wrap it up here. I got some family things I need to do. Uh, any last things people feel like they need to get out? Um, yeah, one thing. Could, oh, go ahead. I was just going to throw out like um, maybe, Doug, you should throw some uh, volunteer requests out early for what you're going to need for this Monerotopia so we can start filling that up. Um, and for anybody who has waited this long to get your Monerotopia tickets, <laughs> what are you waiting for? They've been up for like days now or something. Get them. Let's go. I'm waiting for Alaska. Alaska, you you could attest to Monerotopia, right? Give give, give the people a, a feel. Oh, people, of, of what if you, there has never been, it's it's the perfect balance, right? I mean, everybody is free to cut loose. Everybody, it's you know. It's both like at a high technical level and at a shallow indulgence level where you, you will get the best of all worlds at all times. Monerotopia is the most desirable conference in all of human history. Okay, yeah. there's nothing no. even close. Everyone make sure to fly their Gaston flags and 1776 flags over there. Yeah, so I mean, waiting. get your tickets. But the other thing is, is a little birdie told me Maybe we'll just have to get an entire hotel completely reserved. Let me know how to contribute, Doug. Um, I mean, it's we're going to need volunteers, I'm sure. So people need to get it. I mean, the planes are going to be packed. People coming in from every direction. I mean, who knows what the throughput of the airport is even capable of with how popular Monerotopia is sure to be. Yeah. But, <laughs> well, we do, we do have... Uh... La BitConf happening at the same time. So in, in actual, you're, you're not exaggerating. Uh, a lot of people. Yeah, they always try to piggyback off of Monero Tokyo. I think the first thing in Argentina would be to oppose the uh, legalization of like crypto. It should be like in the gray market where it belongs. Well, the thing is, is the black market only exists it's just the free market. So the freer the market is, the less black market there is. And that exactly. was one thing that I was itching to rebut rebuttal on with. Um, no, I with, agree with that point. Yeah, because it's like you you can't. We've gotten so used to fighting from the shadows that we need to take the win of when things go public. You know, you you actually build a more defensible position for freedom in the long run. Mm -hmm. But that's a whole another monster. But but for real, people, get your Monerotopia tickets immediately. Get on a list that I'm sure Doug is like hard working on right now to publish for how you can volunteer. If we're going to make this fire. Yeah, I mean, I'll make it super simple, too. I mean, just email us Monerotopia at ProtonMail.com if you want to hear in some way, if you want. Last year, it was Doug, DJ, and Doug and Sanita. So like yeah. we can, you know, maybe get a little bit more help from the community this time. Um, I'd be surprised if they didn't fall into a full-blown coma on their airplane ride home. Like they they worked twenty four seven for a whole weekend and then some. So let's uh, lift some of the burden from the shoulders. Everybody, get your volunteer on. With all those like oh, accidents, like woke airlines accidents, I think best to use like boats. And you could buy your tickets on Travala. All right, guys, your, your plane tickets, that is. All right, guys, um, I'm going to cut this off here. Thank you so much, everyone. Thank you, Alaskanon, for uh, playing.
plug in, plug in Monerotopia. I appreciate that. And, uh, dude, you were a tremendous help last year. Um, he, Alaskanon came out of nowhere. He was just like a, like, like an angel. And he, uh, he, he lifted many, many weights off of our shoulders last year. Appreciate that. Uh, thanks to everybody. We do these shows every week, same time, Saturday at 11 a.m. Eastern. Thank you. Yeah. See ya. And remember, all registration, crypto registration is an attack vector. Thank you for joining us on this week's Monerotopia episode. We stream live shows every Saturday at 11 a.m. Eastern. You can find and subscribe to our show on YouTube and Odyssey or listen to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or Stitcher. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter or join us in the Monerotopia Telegram group. See you all next week.